Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit betterhelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp H-E-L-P. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Here it comes again, lunch. Will it be the same old, same old? Or are you ready to take a vacation from the ordinary with the new Jamaican Jerk Turkey Sub at Firehouse Subs? Freshly sliced smoked turkey breast, craveably sweet mustard sauce, and a hint of Caribbean seasoning. Just $5.55 for a medium. Save time. Order the new Jamaican Jerk Turkey Sub on the Firehouse Subs app. Firehouse Subs. Enjoy more subs. Save more lives. Participating locations, limited time only, plus tax. Prices may vary for delivery. This podcast is a member of the Voices of Wrestling podcasting network. Visit VoicesOfWrestling.com to hear the rest of our great podcasts, as well as show reviews, columns, opinions, and updates across the world of wrestling. John here, and I'm joined by 
the full panel. Say hi, everybody. Hi. Howdy. So we got Kate. We got Michael. Howdy. We got Kay. For some reason, Michael saying howdy made Kay laugh a lot. I'm Texan. Um, I that's what my people do. Oh my goodness. Um, so what's been up with everybody? Everybody been good? Yeah. Yeah. I only have a week left of class until final, so I'm kind of, like, killing myself of work. But other than that, everything's groovy over here. Okay, there's a weird man in my house. <laughs> okay. <laughs> <laughs> it's, what is he doing there, exactly? He's watching progress. Oh, this is Ian. Yes. <laughs> okay. I was going to say, without context, that sounds horrible and i was scared that i was like oh it's just it's just and he's fine <laughs> so so w i don't know how like when, when i was like 19 or something like many many years ago now unfortunately <laughs> i i woke up one one day in the middle of the day because i used to sleep i used to sleep in the middle of the day a lot like a scumbag and i would kind of i walked downstairs and there was a man laying <laughs> on our couch that i had never seen before and i was like half convinced i was dreaming and I walked back upstairs, and I came back a couple hours later. He was gone. I never saw him again. So Was it your brother? It was not my brother. It was, it was a man I'd never seen before in my life. And then <laughs> he disappeared. I never saw him again. Did you ask so your far, parents? Um, I, I asked my dad, and he had no idea. He, was not, he wasn't even <laughs> home. So as far as I can tell, a vagrant just <laughs> walked into our house, slept on the couch, and then left. That is weird. Never to return. Were y'all running like a uh, prehistoric Airbnb or something, and your parents didn't let you in on it? Maybe. Everybody keeps saying parents. My parents have been divorced since I was eight. Oh, so sorry. It definitely wasn't both parents. Okay, okay. Anyway, we're really starting off <laughs> here. Strange men in house and divorces, but Jesus. Um. Anyway, look, it's better than politics, which K <laughs> K preemptively. No banned. politics. From this episode. Thank you. <laughs> um, I don't know what else has been going on. Um, I'm just kind of chilling. It's, I, I, I feel so bad for all for like I. So I used to work in retail. Does anybody here? Nobody here still works in retail, do they? No, I do. Oh, you do? Yeah. Okay. So, how are you not killing yourself right now? Well, it's it's bad, but mine's bad for a different reason. Uh, because I'm sure, like, when you worked retail during the holidays, it was always super busy and hectic. Yeah. Yeah, see, where I work... Um, well, here, I, I can... This is my how am I doing. I can tell this story, then we can get started. Um, so I work at a store called Squeeze Play. <laughs> and, okay, you're <laughs> European, so I'm going to explain this to you. It's not... A smoothie place and it's not hand jobs it's a, it's a baseball reference a squeeze play is a baseball thing so is it really for our european listeners that's <laughs> what that is. um but we sell like sports apparel like you know in indianapolis we sell indianapolis colt stuff we sell pacer stuff we sell chicago cub stuff um okay. but the problem is that the internet exists now so no one ever has any reason to come into our store um, so it's always dead. It's always quiet. That's, you know, if you follow me on Twitter, you know, I watch a lot of wrestling at work because when I'm in there, not during the holiday season, I'm the only one working and no one's in there. So I, you know, I watch Torimon to pass the time. Okay. Uh, but yesterday I was in a different location. We have three stores. I'm normally in the one really close to my house. Yesterday I had to go to the one in Anderson, Indiana. And if you know Anderson, Indiana, 
not the best place on Earth. Every, everybody knows Anderson in the Attic. Famous oh, city. Anyone? Famous. There's, actually, there's an HBO documentary on Anderson and, like, the go-kart track that's there. It's very good. Um, what the I fuck? I recommend that. But so... That's a hard I'm left. There. Yeah, it's it's something. Um, this entire town is a hard left. So we're in there, <laughs> and I'm at the, ca- uh, the cash register, and the person working with me sort of brushes by me. She's like, hey, watch that lady. Um, so first of all, I was watching the wrong lady because I knew she meant like shoplifting, but I was totally watching the wrong person. So I was just eyeballing this lady who ended up buying like a lamp and then left. And I was like, oh, she left. She's good. She didn't take anything. And she's like, not her idiot. Like the one clearly taking stuff in our store. So there's this lady and she's just loading up on stuff in her purse, under her shirt, just taking everything. Um, so we call store security and we're like, you know, you can't arrest someone for shoplifting. They haven't left the store, obviously. So we call them, and we've got the police department just, like, waiting outside our store. It's in a mall, but they're just, like, outside the store waiting for this lady to leave, and she would not leave. She was in the store for, like, 90 minutes, not exaggerating, standing in the store just taking stuff because we weren't approaching her. We were just going to let her take as much as she wanted, and then, you know, she'd get arrested. So the problem is that Anderson's such a shitty little town that the police department had so many shoplifting calls that they had to rush in our store and approach the lady for trespassing and not shoplifting because they had other shoplifting calls to go to. Uh, but this lady had already stolen a bunch of stuff from other stores. So we had an almost felony arrest yesterday in our, in our store. And that is how I am doing. All right. That is wild. (laughs) Yeah. That's the life. And now I'm, you know, I've got finals coming up also, but, you know, why not do a wrestling podcast? <laughs> Please don't the, die. The capitalist life of dealing with four people who want free stuff. <laughs> um, anyway, I, I mean, I remember from, I, I worked at a GameStop. That was my. Okay, that's with, tough. That was, that was my brush with uh, with retail. And I'm, I'm so happy I work at like a nonprofit office now where it's like, yeah, we get more calls and stuff during the holidays for some reason but we don't really it's nothing like you know ha- suddenly having like games the, the game stop i was in would be dead for like eight months of the year and then in the last four months it would just be like non-stop but um yeah it was really bad and but as far as shoplifting goes i i we have we, we apparently had shit stolen in our store all the time i fucking i never noticed it and i never i don't even really know how because we didn't have any livestock of note like on the floor so mm-hmm. the other thing people would people would steal our cases a lot and it was like do you know there's no game in these <laughs> like yeah the question is like do you re- do you really just need a case for your game that you that you have already or do you think there's games in these and are going to be very upset when you get home and find out there's no games like I don't, that was always a question i was wondering but that's tremendous. People, people really, really, really love stealing empty cases from GameStop. It's like just nonstop. Every you, day you go check the wall, and there'd be another like ten cases missing. You'd yes. think that they would learn, but like because like I've never been to a GameStop stop, right, other than the ones that have like the cheap like five dollar, ten dollar games that have them out on display. Like they're all behind the counter. Like. Yeah. I, it's kind of its mo. Like nowadays, they sell like all kinds of weird shit. So, like I understand like shoplifting now, but like five, ten years ago, nah, dog. Everything's yeah. When I when I, work, when I worked there, like they always sold was video games. Now when I go a few times, I actually bring myself to go into a GameStop again and 
I don't know. I guess I have Stockholm syndrome. It's like, <laughs> I, it's. I'm just like, what the fuck happened to the store? Why are you selling like fucking iPads and cell phone contracts and all that kind of crazy shit? But yeah, I don't know. All I these don't... stores are pretty redundant now. Yeah, you can sh- you can shoplift where I work. So, why? Where do you work? Uh, I work in an artisanal art. I don't know how to pronounce this. Artis- art- artisanal. Artisanal pizza shop. I see. You can't shoplift shop 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 the pizza. <laughs> what? No, I was just agreeing with you, Kai. You, like you, I mean, you can try, but. And if you pull it off, I mean, good on you. You managed to somehow steal a pizza. Like, <laughs> great job. Stealing a pizza is its own reward, and then you also have pizza. Yep. Yeah. Anyway, <laughs> so enough talk about shoplifting. Yeah, let's so talk. Let's try to do the natural, the natural transition from shoplifting to Dragon Gate. Um, yeah. So we want to start... somewhere. Brother Yashi is involved. <laughs> Probably. <laughs> so we want to start today's episode by talking about the awards a little bit more. Um, the Open the Voice Gate Year End Dragon Gate Awards, the first annual. They've been going. The, the awards have been open for about a month. Um, the awards period covers from December first, twenty fifteen, to December first, twenty sixteen. Um, so that includes the December first Kodakuin, right? Sure. Okay, we can okay. include the December first Kodakuin. Cool, cool, cool. Um, but yeah, so that's the voting period. We, you have until January fourth, twenty seventeen, to submit your ballot. Um, you need to submit all ballots to openthevoicegate at gmail.com. That's our email address. Uh, the ballot is on the voice arresting form. The ballot is in the show description. Every, Pretty much every episode we've been doing, again, will be in this one. So you can't miss the ballot. It's everywhere. Um, we've already gotten a whole bunch, but I want to get some more. So if you have not submitted it, please submit a ballot. I want to hear from as many of our listeners. We have apparently, for some reason, thousands Don't... of listeners. Ah! I would like more of you to submit ballots, okay? Just submit some ballots. God damn it. Anyway, I promise I won't make um, fun of your ballot. I promise. I, yeah, I, I, I think I, yeah, I think the only one I, I, I didn't make fun of it so much. It was like, what the fuck? What that the person that submitted to Zawa was his least favorite wrestler? I was just like, okay. And just, okay, no, the weirdest thing is that the person who did this was apparently not Phil the Heat Up Guy, which is really weird because I know that he hates Tozawa. Yeah, that's true. Um... All right, so we're going to quickly go over the categories that are in these awards. Um, we read them off, I think, a couple episodes ago, but we didn't really go into any detail on them. So we figured we'd discuss each category a little bit and without maybe giving away our picks. And I can kind of tell you who's getting some votes so far without really going into what the order is so far. All right, mm-hmm. so let's start off with the... There's So there's two different kinds of categories, everybody, because people had a, a few people had trouble with this. The first group of categories, the smaller group, you're giving me your top three picks. So, number one, number two, number three, and each one will get different a number of points depending on their first through third. And you're not, so you're not just submitting one pick, three picks for these categories. It starts with the 2016 MVP. Um, this is similar to the Ric Flair Award and the Observer, the MVP in Tokyo Sports. It should be their best, the best in-ring competitor combined with the best promo ability the best star power, you know, who could Dragon Gate not do without this year? Um, there's a lot of worthy candidates this year, I feel like. Um, 
Shingo Takagi is getting a lot of votes, probably to Kei's chagrin. Mm. But Shingo's getting a lot of votes. Yamato is getting votes. Tozawa is getting votes. Um, those are pretty much the big three so far. And then there's a there's some other a bunch of other people getting votes, but um, those seem to be the cat the the candidates that are picking up most of the steam. Does anybody have thoughts on those category on those candidates, or if anybody else is worthy? Um, I have been considering Jimmy Susumu just because he had a dream gate ran. I think he's been very solid this year. Um, yeah, I mean, it's, you know, th- there are your clear candidates and then, you know, there's Susumu and then there's a big drop off, I think. I would argue, and I voted a long time ago and I joked around that I'm completely forget who's on my ballot. So if, if I'm saying who I'm voting for, it's not me hinting, it's more me just forgetting. But I think an argument could be made for Yoshino, especially when you're talking about in-ring presence and promobility, because he's always been, at least throughout this year, the person who gets like the loudest calls, the biggest pops, and he does he did most of the uh, end end of show promos with Tazawa before Tazawa left and Yamato won the Dreamgate. So there could be a case made mm-hmm. for him as well. Mm-mm. I would I would personally also maybe say Ata, although it's either either that or Breakout Star for me, but I think Ata has a really strong case because he completely, like, kind of got his head out of his ass this year, to put it bluntly. Ata's an interesting case for me because he's, it's a quick question if, can can a guy who's been a Bravegate champion be MVP? Um, I think he's clearly, like, like, if you ask people what a highlight of 2016 was in Dragon Gate, I think Ada's name is going to come up pretty quick. Mm-mm. You look at he was he was such a big part of King of Gate. He had that cool little team with Dragon Kid, even though they didn't win the titles. And then the, and now the Brave Gate run has been good. So I'm, I could definitely see voting for Ada. Um, what do you... What, I mean, Shingo seems like... Is Shingo too obvious? Are you missing something there? No. No, she, she, I mean, Shingo is very obvious, but I think... <clears throat> <clears throat> you know, putting my own bias aside, I think Shingo would have, like, would be well deserved as well. Like, if he wanted. Yeah, I, I, I don't think that his case is like overblown. I think that it's not just people like trying to think of a third or going, oh, he held the break, the Dreamgate the most this year. I think that there is a legitimate case for Shingo mm-hmm. Takagi if one so chooses. All right, so that's MVP. Um, moving on to most outstanding, which is just the in-ring component. So we're going to move everything else, but who was the best in-ring this year? Um, again, you're seeing a lot of votes for Shingo and Tozawa, a lot of votes for Ada, a lot of votes for Susumu, um, some other people I'm probably forgetting, but those are the big ones getting votes. Um, mm-hmm. I, I think pretty much when, when you're a promotion like Dragon Gate, it, it's everybody's so good. You kind of have to think about who's getting who's getting the chance to shine too, which mm-hmm. is why I think all those guys have gotten votes. Um, I think, I think I, without Kevin White, definitely who I'm going to vote for, I think probably, um, I, I definitely see the case for Ada and for Sumu and Susumu and Shingo. But um, anyone have any, anyone have anyone else they want to throw into consideration of the people I mentioned? I have I a was weird. Gonna... Oh, go ahead. Thank you. I was going to say these two as well, and I know that he was only um, here for half of the voting 
um, uh, voting period. period. Yeah. Sorry, I forgot my words there. Uh, but I will, in, in terms of in-ring ability, I will always be a cheerleader for Kagetora. Yeah, that's who I was going to bring up also, that Kaga and, yeah, Kagetora is a good candidate. And I think if he had returned in time to take part in King of Gate, he would have definitely have, have a strong case. Yeah, my I would also, first of all, I, did, I didn't even realize that Kagetora wasn't there for King of Gate. Which now that you say that, that's a bummer. I would I would have liked to see them see them in there. Um, I'd also throw out Big R Shimizu. Um, I think mm -hmm. he's been tremendous this year. Uh, the mm -hmm. matches with Mochizuki, the matches with Yamato, um, mm -hmm. a couple of great performances in six man tags, um, and then you've also got uh, Casey who the singles match with Shingo, the great performance on February fourth, a couple of great performances in multi man matches in Cork, and so. Mm -mm. Yeah. yeah, there's a lot to choose from. Yeah, along in the... the end. Sorry. Sorry, I was gonna say in the end, this is really a matter of like, because I feel like 2016 MVP, you kind of have to be objective about it, and look at how important someone was in the promotion. Whereas most outstanding is a more much more subjective, um, much Award, more subjective yeah. topic from like. In my opinion, anyway, because it really depends on what you'd like to see in a in a wrestling ring. Yeah, it's very it's very subjective. It's a good point. Yeah, and that's why I think, and this is kind of going out on a limb. If one so choose, they could probably make it even a case for like a third place vote for Sachi Hoko Boy because he doesn't have a lot of moments or like week in week out, month in month out shows. But when you're thinking about most of the, at least the unit changes this year, and a lot mm -hmm. of that, he delivered, stepped up and delivered in both the unit disbands matches. And whenever he shows up and, and is put into that role, he always excels. So mm -mm. I, I wouldn't say that he's number one most outstanding. Yeah. But if someone like throws him on there as like their third place vote, there I ain't going to get mad at that. Yeah, mm -hmm. I think. I think there's one category that Chachi might run away with. Most underrated? No. Best baby face. Oh, yeah, maybe. Okay, so that's most outstanding. Um, match of the year, there's been a lot of... Uh, there's so much to been, choose from. Yeah, there's been all over the map. I, um, some of the matches have been getting a lot of votes so far. The three-way unit to span match with, mm -hmm. uh, that saw the end of Dia Hearts has been getting a lot of votes. The Dead or Alive Cage match has been getting yeah, a lot of votes. That's the one I was thinking as um, from the front runner. Both both Shingo Suzuki title matches have gotten votes. Mm -hmm. um, the Shingo Yamato title match has gotten votes, and mm -hmm. the Tozawa the Tozawa Goodbye six man has gotten votes. So oh. yeah, all, there's so one been, match I definitely expected you to mention. Um, the King of Gate match that's gotten votes too. Eden, Ada and Susumu. Yeah, that's gotten votes too. Yeah, Ada and Susumu. Um, yeah, so it's been all over the map. This is much more of like a when when you have again when you have this is so very many subjective great, again. Yeah, when you have so many great matches, it's like whatever you personally like. Um, does anybody want to bring up any matches I didn't mention? I mean, I'm I I was really gonna talk about these as the front runners as well. Um, I'm trying to think. I think that you couldn't that there could be a case made for uh, Verzerd versus Monster Express. Mm -hmm. 
Yeah, you could do that. Mm -mm. But really trying to think about it, I think really the ones you mentioned are the really the ones that are going to be like the top in the top three in whatever order. I think for maybe in terms of like buzz, I would say that I think the lightliest um, first place is maybe the Dead or Alive cage match. Mm -hmm. But again, it's very subjective. So. Yeah, an outside match that I'm not hearing a lot of buzz that I mm -hmm. think is up there and probably worthy maybe of a second or third place vote and it's kind of a sleeper match was uh, Takagi versus Don Fuji from King that of Gate. That was really good. I loved that. I really loved that. It, and and I, mean, I think I think that that one, because of how King of Gate was and that was just a group stage match, it might get kind of forgotten. But if you're someone that's kind of that has like their first view really in cemented in stone, you might want to go take a look back at that match and see what you think of that then. Um, the the only other one I, I've seen that I I don't think I voted for I couldn't get make room but I really liked this match was Yamadori against um, Genki and Ryu Saito for the twenty yeah that happened January. so early in the year yeah. that that's probably getting forgotten a little bit but I remember it re being really good yeah um, do you have any other matches you want to throw in here? Case. Oh, I'm thinking. Oh. oh, sorry. No, it's okay. Go ahead, Kay. No, I was I was gonna say I'm thinking that maybe um, Shima and Dragon Kid versus Kagatora and Susumu, and Shingo and Doi versus Kagatora and Susumu could get vote could get votes. Sorry. Yeah, we could. Those those um, were really, two really good matches. What do you think? Case? Real I'm quick, gonna... I just realized my mic was muted, so what I was saying didn't matter. Uh, <laughs> but um, that Yamadoi versus Horiguchi Saito match. If anyone has that, if you if they could make it public, because I have people asking before that match, but I don't see it on any of the Google Drives that I have access to, so I that think... one's sort of gone MIA sure? January 17th. I'm not saying I might have missed it. Um, I, I other, think I have it. I'll just the other match that I would mention is Shima versus Kyotozawa from the 11th of May, King of Gate first night, mm -hmm. one of my favorite mm -hmm. matches this year. Uh, mm -hmm. Shima worked his best style as a sprint match. Tozawa was electric. And that might finish on my ballot. It might not. I don't know yet. Mm. Yeah. So I think I think with the ballots, me and Michael have done ours so far, but you and you and Kay haven't done yours yet. Yeah. No, I was waiting until the until the Kodak win. Yeah. All right. So then, show of the year again. You have a lot to choose from. Um, you know, you have Dead or Alive, Kobe World, Gate of Destiny. These are all getting votes. And then some random Kurikins are getting votes. Um, the the February Kurikin with the you know spam match is getting votes. The um, I think the the, the with, with with the Berserk spam match is getting votes. Some King of Gate shows are getting votes. So we have votes all over the place again. And that's um, great. And that's great. Yeah. I think that's a good thing. Is there any anything anything we want to add about these any of these matches? I would throw in a show of the year. Um, the November Corican Hall. Um, yeah, with... no, the brand new gate. Yeah, I yeah. love that show. Uh, the main event, I think, is one of the best matches in wrestling, period, this year. And then you've got, it's sort of, that was a show, and I, and I said this in my review a lot, was like, if Dragon Gate was in charge of SmackDown, I feel like that's what every show would be like. It was like really crisp undercard matches that didn't overstay their welcome. They were really fun. And then a ridiculous main event with Kotoka uh, killing it there. Yes, he did. <laughs> <laughs> All 
Nobody else has anything they want to throw on for show of the year. Don't forget the 522 King of Gate show. That show was loaded. Yeah. The, the, which one? Uh, 522. That was Ensemble Hall. That had Big R and Doi. Uh, yes, I believe that was Shingo great. Yeah, Lyndon and Yoshino. And, uh, yeah, good stuff. Uh, I don't know. Show of the year. Uh... Oh. I... I don't know, like... All the the big shows are gonna get votes, so yeah. Um, and, and that's sorry. something oh, that yeah, uh, the June uh, June Kodak win. Sorry. Okay. Yeah, that's the My thing opinion. I was I was gonna say is I encourage people for this category as someone who's run awards before to kind of like the big five pay per views are easy ones to choose, but. There's a, you you can go back and talking about that Sambo Hall King of Gate show, talking about November's Corkin. There are a lot of things, that, a lot of shows that might just be taped that might have more complete cards, I would say, yeah. than some of the pay-per-views this year. And I would just encourage people maybe to go if you have if you have time, you still have exactly a month. I encourage people to go back, do a deep dive. See, see what tickles your fancy and go with that. Don't always, like, go like, oh, wait, Dead or Alive, King of Gate, uh, Scandal Gate, done. So, moment of the year. Um, there's been a lot to choose from here. Now, I'm going to tell people ahead of time. Um, so, people sometimes voted for what I consider the same moment, but in different ways. Like, one person will vote for Yamato gets turned on by Berserk. Another person wrote for Yamato gets saved by Hulk and KZ. Yeah, that's the same. And so I'm just like, okay, well, that's the same thing. So I'm going to combine that into one category. But um, so that's been getting a lot of votes. The people turning on Dory has been getting a lot of votes. The Tozawa leaving has been getting a lot of votes. Um, uh... But then, then like title wins has been getting, are been getting votes like Suzumu's title win. And, um, yeah, so a lot of so a bunch of vote, things have been getting votes. Um, Yamato's only, title win. Only Susumi's title win. And Yamato's and Yamato's title win. Hmm. Um, but yeah, so that's basically. I mean, again, there's a lot to choose from here. So whatever you go with is more a matter of personal preference. Mm-hmm. One that you didn't mention that I feel like people might have slept on a little bit is Yashi's return. I yes, think... that's been getting some votes, actually. Okay, that makes me happy. Just the, mm. the, the, There are some, again, some of these tape shows that aren't necessarily on pay-per-view might have some more emotional moments if you're that kind of person or if you're someone that was a huge uh, T2P fan like I am. So, I mean, I mean the, the Yashi Return thing is just like, um, it was just such a, if you're a longtime fan, like I, it, it was just such a moment as in like, a thing you never in a million years expected to say. So mm. I think that could stand out for people if they've been watching longer than like a year. Just yes. because it's like, okay, he's he's been he's been gone for so fucking long and everybody knows the term the the terms of him leaving were so bad that, you know, it, it was such a shocker. Even if you don't think much of Yashi that should you should still give him votes there because it was just such a shocking moment. Mm mm. Um, okay, so unit of the year. Which stable do you think had the best 2016? Berserk um, has been getting a lot of votes for this. Um, after after that, I mean, the Jimmy's been getting votes. 
Monster Express got some votes, even though they had to disband this year. Um, I guess Over Generation been getting some votes. Try Vanguard <laughs> getting a vote or two, not any first place votes, but um, but yeah, I mean it's been it's, it's tough to really argue against Berserk or the Jimmies. I think um, I think those are probably the top two. But does anybody have any opinions on this? I will probably be the high vote on Over Generation. I'm a big fan of that unit right now. Mm. Well, you're definitely... They've gotten some votes for worst. So. <laughs> Can't be worse than Tribe Vanguard, sadly. <laughs> well, that, that, that category is actually a closer race than you probably think. Mm-hmm. Between, tri- between Tribe Vanguard... We'll, we'll get to it. Okay. But Unit of the Year, um, the... Yeah, I mean, just don't don't forget the unit does not have to have been active all year long. That's why Monster Express, Monster <laughs> Express is getting votes because they were active. As long as they're active is, at are, all. Are Dia Hearts getting any votes for tri- unit of the year? Fuck no. Yeah. <laughs> no. I no, but like as like as a as a whole like. I mean, they're, they're has out- anyone even remembered that they existed for a few yeah. months this oh, year? People have, people have remembered, but trust me, but no. <laughs> but not, not in a not good getting, way. Not, they're not getting votes for the for you in the year. Yeah, no, I don't think Honestly. so. Um, I think I think Berserk is gonna run away with this category, which is, whatever. Case <laughs> 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 is, is high on overgeneration, which I I'm actually I'm actually a little surprised how badly they're doing in the in the voting so far. They're just they're getting like I think the highest vote they've gotten so far is second, and they got a, a bunch of third place votes, but like. Yeah, they're not. They're not really doing that great. They're um, the only unit that I could possibly see voting in ahead of Berserk. So it's either for me, it's either going to be Berserk one over Generation two or over Generation one Berserk two. I, I'm actually intrigued by that case. What's your argument for that? I think this is kind of interesting. Now that I actually pulled up my own ballot, I'm kind of intrigued on the case for over Generation over Berserk. If you were so to choose this, I'm a huge fan of the way that unit is structured with the legends and the young guys. Mm-mm. I think Ata has been their MVP in terms of match quality. I think we're seeing Shima and dragon kids start to really come together as a great tag team, which will close out the year strong. Um, I've really enjoyed watching Ishida, um, especially since uh, around May, June, July, when Ashida really turned it up and it's been, it's been a fun year to watch. I like that gimmick. I like the gong kids, um, I get a lot of personal enjoyment from watching Over Generation. Oh, fair enough. I just it was just something that I felt like That's that all you need, man. Yeah, it, it, if you had a case for it, I think that with these like three cat three option categories, being able that someone who might not have heard about Over Generation or consider Over Generation for the type top spot, I thought that would be interesting. You know, hear the case to let people kind of understand why. Here's the case. Yeah, no, they certainly haven't had the emotional investment of even like a Monster Express has had this year. So you've had, you know, you had Tozawa and Yoshino, and did you you had the feel with Berserk, so there was an emotional attachment there. But when you when you look at just on paper, it's hard to to really beat over generation for me personally in terms of enjoyment. The the problem I have with them is that they they often just don't feel like a cohesive unit to me. They they feel like the old people are doing their thing and the young people are doing their thing and it just kind of the only time it intersects is when they're doing Gong Kids, but I don't know. I mean, the Eat a Dragon Gate team was good, but I feel like once you lost that team, it's kind of like, well, the old people are doing their own thing with Shima and Dragon Kid, 
and Ida's doing his own thing, and I don't know. It just feels... And then Punch is being punched Tomonaga and dragging the entire unit down by proxy. But I don't know. I've just never been that into Overgeneration, but I get it. Mm. Um, I think I think the Jimmy people don't better not sleep on the Jimmies though because every fucking year I would love just... to sleep on the Jimmies. Oh. <laughs> I oh. <laughs> the Jimmies. The Jimmies. <laughs> All right, as I was trying to say, that was that was the best moment that, in our podcast history. That, that, was, that was tremendous. Great, that was great timing, Kay. Jesus <laughs> Christ. Um, but the Jimmies like. They, every year they just quietly end up with a, with more title reigns. They had a Dream Gate reign, a Twin Gate reign, and a Triangle Gate reign this year, and they just I don't know. They're the most consistent part of the card for me. I, without them, I think Dragon Gate would be pretty awful. So I think they deserve some props too for Unit of the Year. Oh, uh, just a little little parenthesis here about the Jimmies. I'm I'm not sure it was today. I'm I'm almost sure, but not. But Weirdly enough, as they've not been in, as we haven't seen them in Dragon Gate in a long time, um, Kness and Naoki were actually working the same show um, recently-ish. I think it was either today or this week or something, but I thought it was pretty funny that they worked the same show, but it wasn't a Dragon Gate show. Was it the uh, the K Dojo show that? Kness was on because I remember talking no, to Jay like, about I that. No, it's I don't recognize the hashtag at all. Ah, it must be one of those deep indies because I am not what? seeing that on Cage Match right now because I immediately was like, what's going on here? Honestly, I wouldn't have seen it if Naoki hadn't retweeted the pictures on, on my timeline, so I'm, I don't know what it is. But but yeah, it's pretty funny that we haven't seen them in Dragon Gate in such a long time and they just show up on the same deep indie show. But anyway... Please continue. Okay. So, Tag Team of the Year is the last three-vote category. Um, so, I, Yamadori have been getting votes, even though they broke up in, by May and really didn't do much after they, they dropped the Twin Gate, but that just shows you how good of a fucking team they were. Suzumu mm-hmm. um, and Kagatora getting a lot of votes, very deservedly so. And then, after those two teams, it's kind of all over the place. Like, um, Shima, Shima and Dragon Kid are getting votes, Ada and Dragon Kid are getting votes. T-Hawk and Big R Shimizu are getting votes. Mm-hmm. Um, people voted for, like, really random teams. I, I don't even remember teaming. Like, someone voted for Tozawa and Big R. They they um, teamed during the entire Summer Adventure Tag League. Right. But, I mean, like, <laughs> oh, that's true. See, I barely watched the Summer Adventure Tag League, so I guess that's why. Um, who else did? There was someone else that they they named a really weird team. But other than the Summer Adventure Tag League, they didn't, they didn't really team together, right? No. That was basically it. So, um, oh, someone vote for like Yoshino and Shashi, which is like obviously it's a regular team, but I don't really. What did they do this year other than they were in the no, tag? Not a lot. Yeah. Um, people. Someone voted for Ryu and Genki, which is cool, but other than their one title challenge in the tag league, they didn't really do a lot. But yeah, mm-hmm. so that that third team slot, basically two of the teams are pretty are pretty well set. It's going to depend on what the order is, but that third team slot is kind of all over the place. So. Is there any any other ones that people can think of? Not really. Like those are all the tag teams that are. I mean, there's Doi and Yashi. Or you could even do Shingo and Doi, I guess. Yeah, Doi and Yashi did a lot more together. That's true. Like really. I I would throw out Linda Man and Maria because I really. <laughs> 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 okay. 
Do you believe in life after love? <laughs> anyway. But yeah, no, I agree. I agree. They they did good in the tag league. Not in the results, but they, they still did good. But um You don't have anything to add to this, Michael? I y'all pretty much summed it up. Like I've been racking my I've been quiet racking my heads about other teams people can can nominate. I mean, Osaka 06 really didn't have a year this year. Uh, North Tribe, sadly, didn't do too much. Uh, yeah, I mean, even like Amigo Tag, like as you're all talking about, I feel like that, uh, just personal opinion-wise, I hope I don't sway voters, I, I think a team that mostly was around for Summer Venture Tag League isn't does not necessarily, in my mind, in the way I do my ballot, qualify it for it. So, yeah. that's just my opinion, though. Mm. So then, so that was the last three vote category. the The rest of the categories are only just one. You're just picking your one favorite. Um, it starts with trio of the year, and this is a very. This is basically which Triangle Gate Rain have you liked better this year? Was it Tozawa, Big R, and Yoshino, or no. it, was it Ryu, Genki, it was and Kana? John. Wow. John. It, it was oh T Hawk. I'm sorry, yes. Tozawa, Yoshino, and T Hawk. I can, I've already forgotten the T Hawk was at Monster Express. Apparently, yeah. it's just so evil now that it's like, oh yeah, he was a babyface for like more than half the year. Um, but yeah, so Tozawa Yoshino and T Hawk, or Ryu Genki and Kanda, which Triangle Gate Rain do you like better? Is basically what this award comes down to. I don't think any other trio has even gotten any votes so far. Um, but yeah, I don't know if anyone has any feelings on this. Mm. Nope, not really. Alright, so let's just move <laughs> pick just one. Moving along. Pick one. Most charismatic. Um Tozawa's getting a lot of votes for this. And as well he should. Um I'm trying to think who the fuck else got votes. Um Yamato, Yosh- Doi, Shingo, Shima, yeah, Gamma. Yeah, pretty much all those guys. Gamma? I could see a vote for Gamma. I would never I would never vote for him, but I could see I could see that. He has charisma. I mean, it's just, it's just that he, it doesn't seem to me like he he did a lot at all this year. So, if he existed, yeah, yeah, like like the biggest match he had during this entire time span, or the biggest two, were the last year's King of Gate Twin Challenge, not King of Gate Final Gate, Final yeah. Gate with uh, Punch, which is the only time Punch really mattered this year. And then what a bizarre match that was! It, it was probably Punch's best match of his entire career, either that or his Doi Darts challenge. They got, they got squashed too. That was like Jesus. Yeah, it was super weird. And I would also argue that the best match of Punch's career is the five-minute sprint with Kotoka and the Punch Iron Perm stipulation match. <laughs> oh, Punch! But yeah, that the. It, charismatic. You have a lot of category. You have a lot of candidates. I mean, like I said, for MVP, the case could be made for Yoshino. If you're someone that's like, oh wow, he usually gets the loudest calls and the loudest pops during the introductions. So, I mean, there's a lot of people you can look at for this one. I think. Um, then best baby face again, Tozawa, Yoshino, um, Shisumu is getting votes. Um, people voted for Big R Shimizu as this big because I, I can see that big goofy guy. Um, yeah, I mean you know there's a lot of baby faces to choose from in Dragon Gate. KZ, KZ, 
AZ is getting some votes, yeah. Mm. Um, I'm surprised that Chachi's not getting any. I think he might have gotten one. It's not. It hasn't been a lot. Yeah, it definitely hasn't been a lot. I think people have kind of forgotten about him ever since the the Shingo feud kind of came to an end. Mm-hmm. Which is sad. Poor Shachi. It's okay, uh, Shachi. I love you. Best heel. Shingo Takagi's kind of running away with this one. Um, as, as well he probably should. I mean, he needs to run away, period, but... Wow. Uh, Case, we have to hang up on Case and call him back, because... Case is possessed. possessed. The static was starting to attack us. Um, the... Sorry, Case, your static was attacking us. Oh, no, you're good. Um, so best heal, like I said, Shingo's running away with it, and... But, you know who I want to, I want to call, give a shout-out to? I love T-Hawk. Yashi! Oh, no. Who? I was, I was saying T-Hawk. Yeah, I suppose. I loved him since his heel turn. I think he's a great heel. Oh, um, you know, I'm, I will always vote for T-Hawk. But, but yeah, Brother Yashi... In every, in every category except for least favorite. <laughs> Brother Yashi should get some votes, too. That's a good point. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think T-Hawk has such an interesting case because how he plays heel is a lot different than the rest of the people in Berserk. So... If that's more your cup of tea, I know I tweeted while watching the live show that he looks as bored as the second semester senior in high school who's already gone into college. So <laughs> if that's more your jam, then hey, I think that he deserves some votes with that. Uh, yeah, I, I I think that you're pretty much going to be tied to a Berserk team, but I feel like that with how the awards and how the company is, it has to be someone from Berserk. I mean... Mm-mm. You you can't really do like a vote for like Naoki though, but I mean, yeah, but I mean I did vote for Naoki, but not in this category. <laughs> um, so that's best heel, best high flyer. Um, Flamita's doing very well. I'm ready to uh, punch people. Go ahead. Why you don't want Flamita? Oh, I do want Flamita. So who are you gonna punch? I just said Flamita's running away with it. Okay, who else is getting votes? Uh. I, someone voted for Ida, and I was like, "Does, does Ada even fly?" He names know, he each does of his topes, but that's it. He <laughs> names each of his topes, so that's, that is true, actually. Uh, but but when I think of Ada at this point, I don't even think of him as a high flyer. Um. And... Okay, so I'm glad to hear that nobody voted for the evil evil man. Wait, who are, who are we talking about? Someone who hates us. Who hate? Oh, uh, I think one person voted for him, maybe. Okay. Okay. Um, I I get it. Peter Kasha, everybody. No one, no one vote for Peter Kasha for anything except least favorite. Um, <laughs> best technical. Ada's kind of running away with this. Um, As he should. Susumu's getting some votes. Um, Good shout. I don't. I don't even. I don't. I'm not even sure who else is getting votes. It's pretty much it, actually. <laughs> Kagatora got a couple votes, I think. Good. Um, yeah. Best brawler, Shingo getting See, votes. This, this is such a, a weird category to have in a Dragon Gate in Dragon Gate Awards because I feel like there's really such a narrow field to choose from. Yeah, it's pretty much Shingo or Mochi or really. Uh, you could you could you could call punches and ki- like his kicks brawling, I guess. I don't. I, I'm not. I mean, I'm not going to say who I voted for, but. 
Michael, I, Michael probably remembers who I voted for in the in inside the gate awards last year, and I just voted for the same person this year because he's the the one that makes me like think of a brawler the most. So, um, most improved. Uh, a lot of votes for Maria. A lot of votes for KZ. A lot of votes for Ada. Um, all good candidates. Mm-hmm. Anyone else have any extra candidates? Big R. Big R. Yep, it's a good candidate. Um, most underrated. You know, a lot of votes for KZ. Good. A lot of votes for. Badly. Some votes for Shachi, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, just all over the place. And then least favorite wrestler. Someone <laughs> voted for Tazawa, as mentioned. Um, <laughs> Poor Punch Tomonaga has gotten some votes for this. Mon, poor Mon Chan has gotten some votes for this. Um, that Those are really the big ones, though. Um, Peter Costa has gotten a couple votes. Um, that's pretty much it. Again, this is going to be a very subjective award. So, Mm-mm. And now, worst unit. This is a much closer <laughs> race than you probably think it is. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, the race for worst unit, I, I believe, is separated by one vote between Tribe Vanguard and Dia Hearts. Wow. So to answer Kay's question, yes, people remember Dia Hearts existed. They just remember it for this award. <laughs> that's yeah. That's really very, not su- that's really, really not surprising. It's a very close race, everybody. Mm-hmm. And like like I said, like just putting my own feelings aside, it's really not surprising at all. Case, do you have any opinion on this great Dia Hearts versus Tribe Vanguard debate? Um I really like Dia Hearts when they are in existence, and I'm surprised that they're getting they're getting votes for this category. That seems a little harsh considering they were in existence for two months um, for this calendar year. Whereas like Tribe Vanguard, I mean, I think we all had really high expectations for them, and it's not only that they they didn't oh, meet up with expectations; they've just been a disappointment completely. Mm-mm. Yeah. Um, just crashed you... and burned to the ground. Like it's. <laughs> And it's, you know, it's heartbreaking, maybe for me for, than for most, more for me than for most people. Words, it's, words are difficult. Um, but yeah, Tribe Vanguard has just not been great at all. I think, um, I think that you can make a case, though, for Monster Express with their Phantom Triangle Gate reign and kind of just <laughs> being hamstrung at most of, the, most of the year by just being a trio. So if you are someone that that like looks at like unit representation, if you're looking at like what's going on in the health of the unit, you could definitely make a case for Monster Express. But well, I'm not voting for any of these units. So. You're voting for Berserk, we know. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that'll be the one vote for Berserk. Everybody will be yep. okay. Um, okay, Rookie of the Year. This is there's a very close. And actually, no, it's not a close is race it? at all. What am I talking about? Um, <laughs> One rookie is running away with this award. You can probably guess which one, but mm-hmm. uh, Yuki Yuki so Yoshioka. Any... No, yes. that's that's not the one. I was gonna uh, say Peter Kasa. If, if anyone, no, it's not the one either. Oh my fucking god! Shun yeah. Skywalker. No one, no one has voted for him so far. Ben K is running away with this award. Everybody slash, you know, um, Ben K is food, slash Fuda Nakamura. You've already forgotten. I've already. For, I, I was thinking about. it. I was like, wait a second. <laughs> what the fuck is his name? Um, but yeah, so he's awarding my this award. Um, if anyone wants to make a desperate case for Hugh Watanabe or 
soon Skywalker or or even Mike, this is your time. Is, your it, it, is it time for me to talk about my small leopard son, the big cat Hugh Watanabe? Okay. <laughs> I'm so proud of you. You're starting to talk like me. I love it. I, I I know, and we've only been like hanging out for like what a year. It's almost been like a year since I started doing Dragon Gate stuff in general. So yeah, you're rubbing off on me. Uh, so Hugh, the the case for Hugh, I personally think Hugh has the potential of being one of the most charismatic in-ring performers of this generation. I think that he has an ability, and we'll get into the uh, match that happened at Corkin. I, I think he has an ability to play babyface and be the babyface kind of beatdown guy. I know that the, the typical term is like pulling a Ricky Morton. And I think that if you just kind of keep his take, his size will always be the thing that's going to hold him back. But he's already shown a mess of charisma. He took it to Ada during that sprint match last month. So I think that, that if you're if you're looking at like outside the box and you're going like, okay, Ben K is running away with it. Who deserves consideration? Then please think about my small leopard son, the big cat, Hie Watanabe. Yay! That was beautiful. That was pretty beautiful. Um, okay. So <laughs> the next one is best move, which has been all over the map. I can't even really, I'm not even really sure any, any move has gotten more than two. Oh, wow. That's two really cool. So far. Yeah. We got all over the place with that. So let's just, people keep voting for whatever move you like. Someone voted for one, for one of uh, Ada's dives. That was Michael, I think. No, it wasn't his. I, I guess I, I'll come out with this. No, Apocalypses. That that was that was his El Numero Uno variant that he beat Susumu with. That was sweet. Oh, that, okay. Yeah. All right. I thought that was one of his name dives, but yeah, okay. He's so, only done it once, and it was awesome. There's been a lot of votes for Numero for Numero Uno, actually. Like I think two or three, but Michael, instead of adding another vote to that, he was like, "I'm going to be a hipster and vote for the." The, the variant he used one time. He, he he's uh, being the new age Kness. I mean, if I can't vote for Sol No Chosel, then why not vote for Apocalypses? Uh, the Breakout Star 2016. Uh, you know, Maria's gotten votes for this. Ada's gotten votes for this. Um, good, all good candidates. Linda Man got some votes. Um, yeah, I don't I don't really know who 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 I like for this one. I think I voted for Ata, but good as vote right spoilers. Who? spoilers oh yeah it's true he That's already spoiled else. my move vote it's okay who else is who else is out there that you can vote for a breakout for breakout star should we say it well whoever else you were thinking of i don't know no i mean i think for me shimitsu and atash should be neck and neck but yeah, yeah. shimitsu has a case this year definitely i know i'm saying case a it's... whole lot <laughs> Mm-mm. I think it's possible that people will vote for Ben K, though. I don't know. I just have a feeling. I think it's early for him, but... Yeah, but, I, you know, people have been so high on him. Yeah. Um, who's going to break out in 2017? Ben K is getting more votes here. Um, mm-hmm. Linda Man got some votes here again. It'd be funny if he won it basically two years in a row. Right. <laughs> um, Ada got some votes here. It's like, I think he already kind of broke out already, but sure. And... Um, I think I think that's pretty much it. 
so I, I think the I think Ada still is a good candidate because yeah, he's gone from being frankly the second loss post in over generation to now being their top frontline wrestler to now I mean who's to say in twenty seventeen he's not gonna get a Dreamgate shot? Like to me that's enough of a step up to be considered a breakout star again. So I, I, I could definitely see why someone would vote for him for Breakout Star 2017. Mm-mm. But I, I think this one's going to be an interesting one with all the different rookies. I mean, Ben K is the obvious one. You got Hugh, mm-hmm. uh, Shun. I mean, Shun has a different style than everyone else. So I think that you can do that for him. Shun needs to sort his fashion out first before he can break out. He, he really should, he really ought to so i i, I think that you, you've got some guys you you can definitely do get, give um votes to i mean especially with these, this rookie class that's coming up so it's going to be and mm-hmm. I, I think this this was the category that when i did the awards with inside the gate i was interested in seeing who like from year to year like did the person that everyone chose is broke at breakout star if that actually happened and mm. it didn't happen as much because if I'm right, L. Lindemann won it. So it'll be interesting to see how I, it does. Oh, oh, I've been filling time. Okay. So that was the awards, everybody. Um, please remember sure, to vote. You, you forgot the dress awards. To, oh, I, I, I. So best and worst dressed. Um, every, every, people voting for UT for worst dressed. <laughs> yes. Have you been campaigning behind my back? Uh, I I don't think it's campaigning. I think that people are seeing it in their hearts that that boy needs to like go rediscover himself and how to like dress himself personally. So it's been very um, it's been something. <laughs> so, but, I wonder um... who's winning best dress though. That, that, that's an that's an interesting one because a lot of people have their distinct style both in the ring and outside the ring. Like even someone like, John? To, do we lose John again? No, I'm here. Okay, uh, I was just gonna say like because you even have people like Shingo Takagi who as a, a guy has a very distinctive look. So I mean, if you're someone that likes that, I mean, you could vote for Takagi. Yeah, the votes have been very all over the map, especially for best. But... Okay. I, I won't vote for Shingo in any kind of style awards until he shaves that fucking mulet off. I hate it so much. Oh my god. <laughs> Sorry. Um, but anyway, so that's the awards, everybody. Please remember to vote. Submit your ballots to openthevoicegate at gmail.com by January 4th, 2017. And uh, obviously, the first episode we do after that, we will go over all the results. Okay. Hey. So, moving on now to the Kirk and Hall show, December 1st, 2016, the Fantastic Gate kickoff. Um, this was a good show. I would say the, the second half definitely outshone the first half by a lot. Fantastic. Yeah. But, um, so the show opened with Genki, Jimmy Susumu, and Jimmy Kanda beating Yamato, Hulk, and Maria in about 13 and a half minutes. Susumu pinning Maria with the Mugen. Speaking of tra- Tribe Vanguard doing nothing. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. Anybody, anybody have any thoughts on this match? Yeah, I, mean, I, I want to go first here, actually. Um, okay. This was super weird um, because you could tell 
Tribe Vanguard was not over to the level that a unit with BB Hulk and the current Open the Dreamgate champion should be at. They were not over to that extent. Um, I thought Maria actually looked very good in this match. And Hulk looked healthier here than I think he's looked all year. This was like a very good BB Hulk performance, considering it was the first match on the card. Um, but the fact that they also didn't pick up the win, one, leads me to believe that Susumu will have a Dreamgate defense before Champion Gate. Um, it looks like he's next in line after either Doi or the first defense for Doi. But this was just shocking to me of like, this is Tribe Vanguard and this is the unit that are open the Dreamgate champions in, and he's not leading it. It's not a very good unit. Tribe Vanguard peaked at Kobe World, and that's really sad to say. Yeah, that's entirely accurate, though. Mm. Like, the only thing that I've down in my, in my notes for this match was, it was fine, and TV is bad, y'all. So, <laughs> it, like, it, and we're still in this unit shift, and we're, it, and now, obviously, I don't think things are going to get sussed out until the new year, but I'm to the point where I don't know how you salvage this unit, to be honest. It, it's really tough. I mean, it's really tough. Mm-mm. But it, um, it, that was a sweet Mugen, though, from Susumu to finish the match. Like, that was Susumu smooth. Susumu and Maria worked really well together. Yeah. That's the singles match I want to see. Yeah, that'd be a fun King of Gate match, you know? I'm uh, I'm I'm starting on my campaign of Maria for Queen of Gate 2017. <laughs> Please follow me. Um okay, so match 2 was Kaito Ishida and Takeo Yamamura. Ishida finally beat Yamamura in about 11 minutes with a hurricane kick. This match I thought was pretty disappointing. They don't seem to have good chemistry teaming together. Their chemistry seems to be... I mean, they don't, they don't seem to have as good chemistry yes. as when they team together. Their chemistry against each other just seems like very... Eh. And I just I, This match never clicked for me at all. Yeah, like, my, my main thing about this, and what this really kind of cemented in my mind, is that... For the, like, the first like three or four minutes of the match, it was all Yamamura, and he was taking the heat, but it wasn't, it didn't connect. Like, he just does all this stuff, and it's, I don't want to say, it sound like an, like someone for like PWO saying you need to like grab a hold or something, but like it just didn't connect, whereas like Ishida was doing a lot less, and it was connecting a whole lot more. And mm-hmm. the, the, this match really, for me, and I know that I've been tough on Yamamura, especially considering how he was positioned, but he's got to step it up, especially with what happened later in the card, or he's going to be left behind because Ishida is look has already surpassed him in my mind, and especially with this finally getting the win over the win over Yamamura. So it, it's one of the things that I think that it's is an interesting situation that he's in, and for a match like this that. As John said, they didn't have the chemistry, and it. it mm-hmm. I I think it was one of the. I think it was my weakest match on the card personally, so I don't know. No, I thought the. I thought KZ versus Khan was worse, but. Yeah. Sorry, I, I didn't mean. No, no, no. Oh, oh, no. There's the definite argument to be made that one or the other. Like I have a, when we get into KZ and Kong, I have an opinion that I'll be, be let known, but it's. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, like, th- th- this wasn't my favorite undercard for a Corkin show this year. I thought it was very, very weak. Yeah. Like, and I think I told Case when he asked me how the show was, I think I told him actually that I thought this was the weakest undercard on a Kodakwin show this year. Yeah, yeah. And, and it was, you know, it was short, and th- this was a card with, with main event matches, the, you know, the young guys versus the old guys in the main event, that mm-hmm. it didn't need to be a super strong undercard, but it's always nice when you have that number two match, the number three match, deliver in some way or form, and I mm-hmm. certainly don't think Ashida versus Yamamura did that. Mm-mm. So, match three, Cyberkong beat KZ in 749 with the Cyberbomb. I actually remember almost nothing from this match. Literally so, same. I remembered Casey Hop- Hope spots, and that's it. Yeah, Casey was... did his. Uh, he he's now b- taking heart of saying that he was going to be the new Tozawa. Like he did the step over Tope. That's the only spot mm-hmm. I remember. Be- that fucking thing. <laughs> I thought I was never going to have to see it again. <laughs> I was wrong. I hate it so much. I hate it. But like my thing about this match and was what I was alluding to a couple minutes ago is that I think that there is a good singles match between KZ and Cyber Kong. And I think this is the right length for that kind of match where you just have, like, the plucky baby face against the monster. But this was not that match. <laughs> mm. It was it was okay, I guess. I didn't really hate it or anything. But it existed. <laughs> the undercard happened. Yes. Yep. It sure did. Uh, so then, then we get into the, the first of the big three where things started turning around. The 10-man tag team match with Shima, Dragon Kid, Gamma, Mochi, and Fuji, who entered to the Team Veteran Returns music, which was that awesome. That was incredible. Yeah, so it was like, ah, Team Veteran! <laughs> and they're literally returning. Yes. <laughs> I mean, that these all five weren't Team Veterans, so it made sense. Um, they defeated the team of Benkei, Shun Skywalker, Hiro Watanabe, Yuki Yoshika and Katsumi Takashima. Mochi pinned Hugh with the low spin kick to the face in about 17 minutes. This match, was, this match was like incredible. It was uh, great. It was, a, it was a total squash for the veterans for the most part. Mm. But like they just destroyed these kids and these kids that was, just it was kept taking it and taking it and taking it and coming back. Mm-mm-mm. And there were two moments in particular that I would love to point out. The first one is... Mochi, like Shun trying to get back into the ring and Mochi just ejecting him. Like with a kick. I don't know if you guys remember that. Oh, yeah. He was like, nope, you're He's not back in here. And Mochi just immediately kicks him and he just bounces out of the ring. It was incredible. Well, I mean, like they all yeah. they all caught Hugh on that first tope and was like, no, we're not done with you yet. Get back in the ring. Kyo was like, I've made a huge mistake. Record scratch, and, freeze frame. And the second moment was Shima going, I don't know what happened, but he went fucking ape shit when he flipped the timekeeper's table. <laughs> like, he flipped the table on Ben K and then threw Shun down on it, and I was like, what the fuck is going on? Yeah. It was, like, brutal. It, it was brutal, and it was brutal in ways that it needed to be, and I think that did a whole lot especially for Yoshioka and Takashima, who this was their first real Korkin match. Like last Takashima's debut. Yeah, exactly. So, like, this was the match that, like, last month, Shima said, you only debut in Korkin once. And, 
Jeez, like, I've probably rewatched this match twice since the show, just because there were a lot of just, like, good little things in it. I mean, even even had DK acting like a jerk. Like, DK's never a jerk, but he was a jerk tonight. So It's, you know, I was thinking about something about Dragon Kid, and I hope this doesn't come off as, like, dickish or whatever, but I never noticed until this match how little Dragon Kid actually does in these multi-man matches compared to how much it looks like he's doing. It, Does that make any sense? Yeah, no, that's actually, that's completely, completely accurate. Um, yeah, no, continue with your point. That makes sense. Yeah, that was just like a, an observation because I feel like when I realized it in that match, I was like, wait, that's not, a, that's like actually a pattern, but I had never realized it until I watched this match. That he looks like he's doing a lot of things, that he looks like he's really in the match, but he's actually doing almost jack shit. It, it's kind of wonderful, though. I mean, he's mm-hmm. a he's a guy that, like, uh, as of, like, f- 15 years ago, was doing so much dumb shit and beating up his body. So I'm glad that DK was able to say, you know what, I could do this move. It's going to look sweet, but you know what? It's not going to be taxing whatsoever. And I think that mm-hmm. kind of shows, like, mm-hmm. how genius of a worker he is. Mm-mm. Um, I, I want to bring yeah. something up real fast. Um, and so this match, there's a million things going on. There's you know Hayu taking a dive at the beginning of the match and getting caught by the veterans and them saying you are you are not about to dive on us, which I thought was an awesome spot to begin the match. Mm-hmm. A lot going on here, a lot of new faces. Um, but there's one point in the match. It's about a quarter of the way through. The madness know. sort of stops for a second. And all of a sudden, you're looking at Masaki Mochizuki, the Iron Man of Dragon Gate, one of the best wrestlers ever. He's in the middle of the ring, and it's across from Ben K. And Ben K stares this legend in the face and starts taking it to him. And it was electric. It was better than when he stared down great. Shima a month ago. I don't think I'm being hyperbolic when I say Ben K is on the path to being a legend in professional wrestling. He is every bit as good as Jun Akiyama was in 1992. He's every bit as good as Shingo Takagi was in 2004. I'm not going to say he's better than Matt Riddle because I think it's very different and we haven't seen as much Ben K as we have Riddle, but this is a special talent in someone that gets it on a level more so than even Hayu, and that's not to take a shot at him, but Hayu's great. Ben K is something different. He's something that you can mold and put in a main event scene and you can see it already. And he's doing a bad Hiroki Goto cosplay act. He's so good and he's only going to get better. And I'm so excited watching Ben K. He's something different. He's something fresh. And I can't wait to watch him every time one of those matches makes tape. It's mm-hmm. really, really outstanding. There's just that small moment of this match. He's locking eyes with Mochizuki and then they start trading shots. And this is a 22 year old kid, I think 25. And it, 25 but still so young in his professional wrestling career and he's staring mm-hmm. down mochizuki and looking so confident doing it he's such a special talent chase you couldn't move armies with that speech <laughs> um, i just but I, I, like, I totally is, agree with you i no no one wants to say it because it's drangate and no one wants to praise drangate except for us four and alan and occasionally jay and occasionally oh. joe lanza but let's look, not let's not every bit as good as you not he's a godsend of professional wrestling. 
Case is very case likes Ben K, everybody, if you're wondering. It's those it's those it's those glistening pecs, I'm telling you. Um you no, but I completely I completely agree with you, Case. Maybe not on the I mean the praise comparing him to guys like Akiyama is something that I don't think I can really relate to because my knowledge of this is um very minor maybe compared to yours. But I definitely do agree that that moment of that that stare down between him and Mochizuki is like a, maybe it's a little too early to talk about career defining moments, but I think it could be a career defining moment for him. Uh, there are going to be people in Cork and Hall that saw that and that spoke to them. That's something mm -hmm. new. Now that's not just a young boy. That is the next guy. That is the next guy in Dragon Gate that will be something. And, I, you know, it's not going to be replayed in video packages for years and years to come. But when mm -hmm. people see that, they're going to remember that and it's going to take in places. And yeah, I think it was a really important moment in a way. And, and something that I want to touch on kind of going off what Kay said is... I don't, going a little bit more towards the historian of, my, of side of me, I don't remember a Dragon Gate rookie making this much of an initial impact since Milano. Like, Milano Collection AT was brought in and was treated like the guy and the ace of T2P, and they obviously have similar feelings about Binkei. And especially since he's a little bit older, like, he looks more of a man. And I'm not saying that to <laughs> I'm not saying that to dismiss the other guys, but I mean there's there's a fundamental difference when you're 19 versus 25, and you see that, and it's one of those things that, like as we're going to get into later, looking at Final Gate, they know it too. Like he's getting opportunities that don't happen often in Dragon Gate, and haven't happened in almost a decade. Mm. And there's there is something that I want to say as well is that. And I feel like this is a little bit more, like, if you don't regularly watch Dragon Gate and you see this moment, you're going to be like, oh, this is a cool moment. I feel like it's especially rewarding for people who know that Mochi personally took um, Benkei slash Nakamura under his wing months ago. Yeah. And now here is Benkei standing up to him, and it's kind of like, well, you created me, now I must destroy you. <laughs> and, and we're seeing like parallels between these guys and the veterans like i forget mm. who started this twitter kind of thing but i mean it's so obvious that he has mochizuki and hugh this is gonna might sound a little bit blasphemous but there's a lot of crazy max era shima and hugh like he has just the amount of prickishness i mean everyone else like after the match was being really respectful and you could tell that hugh just wanted to like flip them off and go out like mm -mm. that's actually i'm happy that's a tremendous comparison i don't know if most people have seen this match it's on my youtube but it's private rob viper uploaded this on his youtube also but the first torimon match in arena mexico which is from 1997 it's up there it's it's shima fuji sua magnum tokyo dragon kid and maybe Taru? I'm forgetting someone. It doesn't yeah. matter. But Hayu is so similar to Shima in that match. Because Shima, when he was young, he was a little off the walls and always a little messy. And I think that's the perfect comparison to Hayu. I, I, mm -mm. I thought it was Susumu in that match. Because I, I didn't think Taru... Taru really didn't go over to Mexico. Oh, yeah, it was uh, it was Saito. Oh, uh, Saito. Super, Super Shiza. Yeah, all caps Saito. 
who might be super shisha, might not. Who knows? Keeping kayfabe. <laughs> yeah, my apologies to Danielle um, Matt. What Twitter... <laughs> Mike, you started talking about a Twitter thing. Now I'm just wondering what the Twitter thing was. Uh, let me pull it up on my laptop right now. Mm-mm. It's going to take a second. I think it... And I don't remember this person's real life name, but it was uh, Minoru-san01. Okay. And he's, he was the one who started making the comparisons? Well, like, someone like... Someone like and I'm probably completely wrong because this happened late at night and I had a couple glasses of bourbon in me, so pardon me. <laughs> uh, but, like, uh, so if I'm completely off base, I apologize. But it's, oh, yeah, it was him. And he, mm-hmm. he was mentioning that, like, DK and Shun, like, that's a really easy comparison. And then, yeah. and then. Well, DK has better clothes. <laughs> well, one day, he, one day Shun can get gloves and, and kick pads that are the same color green. But, like,. <laughs> Like, making the comparison like this, like, you could also see a, a little bit of Fuji and Benkei as well. Like, l- like that is a guy that would have fit in perfectly in Zetterans, like, back then. L- l- like, Mm-mm. he's just, like, a beefy dude who throws bombs and does not care for others. So, but there's a lot to go on, go along with that. I think it's kind of early to assign parallels to Yoshioka and especially Takashima. But I, I feel like with those three... Takashima's first match, right? It, yeah, was, it was his debut at... Yeah. It was his. It was his roster debut. He's done exhibitions off and on. I'm mm-hmm. the person who's kind of been doing the uh, match stats for in the DG surgeries. Yeah, in, in between surgeries, I'm the one who's been doing the uh, stats for the DG book, and he's done a couple of uh, just exhibition matches, like just the five minute draws, match zeros, like in March and April. But I guess that was before he went and got more eye surgeries. So he's been around, but this was like his main. This was actually his main show debut. So. Mm-mm. Okay. So, um, anyone is that it for the ten man tag? Anyone want to throw anything else in there? I mean, um, just go watch it. Yeah, yeah go so watch good. it. I think it was just a really. I feel like even though it was messy, like it was messy. When let's not lie to ourselves here. Um, it was messy, but in a way, it needed to be messy. It needed to be rough. It needed it needed to be violent, violent, and it needed to be a match that kind of let the kids show their personalities um, against these guys who we know who these guys are. We know who Shima is and what he does. We know who Fuji is and what he does. We know about all about these guys, and we knew that there was no way that the rookies were winning. But it was a, I thought they each of them displayed like this is who I am and this is what I do and this is the person that I'm trying to become and I thought that it was a a really great match for them to show that yeah I think that's also Shun looks like he's going to explode out of his bodysuit at any moment now (laughs) like he's in a cocoon he's going to become a beautiful butterfly (laughs) (laughs) Uh, looking Looking at my stats, uh, Takashima had a match, had a exhibition match in, on the Gate of Passion tour, so that would have been in April. So like he's wow, that was a long time ago. Yeah, I mean, because also he was yeah, supposed. Then he was in the hospital. Right. Yeah. <laughs> Poor kid, Jesus. Well, at least he got to make his debut. Yes. All right, so semifinal: Ada and Big Arshimizu defeating Jimmy Kagatora and Ryu Jimmy Saito in about 16 and a half minutes. I really Ita like ta- this. Yeah, Ita tapping out Kagator with the numero uno. This is a really fun tag match. I didn't expect a ton of it going in, but it ended up being really good. Um, actually, And I do want to point out 
that um, I believe Kaido Tora got his win back over Atai um, yesterday in Hokkaido. Mm, yes, that's true. Like in a so, tag match. Yeah. Yoshino and Kaido Tora defeating Shima and Eita and Kaido Tora pinning Eita. But yeah, no, I really, really like this. Yeah, like, I, the, the thing that kind of stuck out to me was I was surprised, like, I don't remember offhand a whole lot of Kagatora Saito tag matches, but they're a mm. fun team. Like, Yeah, they're really not one of the most common Jimmy's pairings. And, and they're not one of the historical ones either. So it was like, mm. oh, this is, that that's like the neat thing about the Jimmy's. They're the second longest unit in Dragon Gate history, but they keep on, like, pulling stuff out of the hat going, how about seeing Kakator and Saito as a team? And I'm like, you know what? <laughs> I like this team. I want to see more of this team. So it, it was a whole lot of fun. Uh, kind of an ancillary thing. I loved that KZ was on commentary and he was having a good time. Like he was loving it and he was like laughing along and he was enjoying it. A lot like when the, I forgot a lot like how he, Aki, like not Yaki, Akiyama, sorry. I'm completely blanking here. Uh, uh, I'm trying to think who was the, uh, person on commentary during the big noah chop fest between between sasaki and kobayashi or kobayashi i'm trying to remember who it was but it kind of reminded me of that because he was just like enjoying these guys throwing bombs did you mean kobashi yeah i'm tired i'm sorry it's okay it's the you're not the first one yeah i said kobayashi like the hot dog champion yeah sorry (laughs) (laughs) or like or like kenta or like Kenta, yeah. I prefer the hot dog analogy. <laughs> I do I don't love. Know what that is, but. Uh, uh, oh, the guy oh, that had the hot dog. dog yeah. Mm-hmm. Have you not seen the hot dog eating contest? The hot dog eating contest. It, it... Yeah, no, that's like a thing in America every year is like we have contests to see who can eat the most hot dogs in like five minutes. Americans are crazy. It's on ESPN. It's lovely. I love that that's on a sports network. Um, As for this match, Kagatori was mean, and I really liked it. This was like a whole new side of him that I haven't seen a lot of. I liked the way he was like really, really nabbing at Aton this match, and I am hoping that their final gate match is a banger. Mm. Mm -mm. I think, and I know that we've we've said this before, and we've come out being a little bit like, eh, but I really think this is going to be really good. And I want to believe. I think... There, I'm not saying it will happen, but it wouldn't shock me if Kagatora won at Final Gate. I mean, you know that even though I love Ata, you know that I would be, as the kids say, popping the biggest bottles. <laughs> Wait, what, what do the kids say? <laughs> you don't know, John, because you're old, like me. I think I'm the oldest one here, so... I would be... No, I would be very happy. I think Phil and I would hey, actually... Whoa, 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 whoa. Like, Case, I would kid. buy a train ticket to London or Case, wherever he lives and go celebrate. What? Case, you're a kid. Do the kids say that? I've never heard a child say that. <laughs> it's not a child like a teenager. I've never heard a teenager say that. Anyone that has gone through adolescence, I don't believe they have ever said that. I don't know, man. But Good effort. You know that if Kagatora win, I'm on that train to wherever the fuck Phil uh, Statoke, Statoke, however you pronounce it, I can't remember, lives, and we are going to party until the, the night is over or whatever, or something. <laughs> We're going to party until he starts tweeting really weird shit anyway. But yeah, yeah I mean, 
as much as I love Ata and I, as much as I don't think he should lose, I'm still going to party if Carnotaurus wins. Yes. But, so, gonna be, but I don't, we'll, we'll get to that, though. Mm-hmm. Um, but this, as far as this tag match goes, any other thoughts on it? It was sweet. It was, it was great. Good. I really loved it. And then the main event, the six-man tag team match, Shingo, T-Hawk, and Ellen, the man of Berserk, defeating Doryoshino Yoshino, and Katoka in about 23 and a half minutes when T-Hawk pinned Katoka with the night ride. This match was nuts. It was really, really fun. Um, the There were some shenanigans leading into the finish where Katoka, poor Katoka had the powder thrown in his face and then eventually got pinned. I think he, he got to kick out of something, right? What was it he got to kick out of? The uh, BT Bomb. BT Bomb, right. And then he got pinned by the night ride. Um, um, he has sweet new gear. I really love his new gear. Yeah, his new gear is pretty cool. But so no Yoshido turn, guys. It turned out Jay did not have inside information, or he did and they changed it. Either one. <laughs> but was anybody was were people really surprised by the lack of Yoshino turn here? I, I was surprised by the lack of anything happening. Actually, that's a good point. Actually, it's just yeah. like same old shit, different day. Berserk wins. It's like whatever. Like, the match was great, but the finish left me just whatever. I think, like, as soon as I... I kind of forgot that this was the Doi Darts day, so I was like, okay, this is totally going to happen. But as soon as I realized, oh, wait, Doi Darts are happening right after, I kind of tempered my expectations, going like, okay, they're not going to have some big shock, and then everyone get in the ring, get some kids out there to throw some darts. So as soon as I had that path cross my mind, I kind of... Amelia was like, okay, I guess stuff's happening at Final Gator at the first cork end of January. Yeah, that's a good point, actually. I didn't think of that. Mm-mm. I'll say this. In terms of Dragon Gate cork at all main events this year, which they've all been at an obnoxiously great level, I think every main event for cork in this year, unless I'm forgetting something, because there wasn't one in August, so there would be this would be the 11th. I believe mm-hmm. I have the first 10 at four stars or higher. I'm almost positive I do. An, uh, and if not, then it's just one show. I didn't love this one as much as the rest of the Cork and Main events this year. I thought the action while it was there was great. I thought two months in a row, Kotoka has been fantastic, which I never, ever thought I'd say. Thank but you. he's Thank been you. great. Yes, of course. I love um, being I know right. he played a big part in that. Um, what? But, <laughs> nah, I'm just fucking with you. Um there was some downtime in this match that I wasn't really a big fan of. And I, you know, T-Hawk's been very good in Berserk. T-Hawk's a very good heel. Didn't love T-Hawk in this match. Wanted to see more Takagi in this match. Uh, this was a very good match, but something that I can't call it great. There was just a little bit of a disconnect here with me. And I didn't love it as much as I've loved some other uh, main events this year. I really don't need to see more Shingo Takagi after the year we've had. <laughs> like, that I'll is where we this. differ. And honestly, like my the, my biggest takeaway from this main event is that I love the match. I thought it was really great. I think Kotoka is working his little ass off this like just as he did last month, uh, maybe even more in this match than last month. Um, always good to see Doi and Yoshino together for as long as that might last. Um, but this is one of the this is one of the matches where. I'm left with a very bitter taste in my mouth. And this is one of the, of the matches where I'm like, this is why I'm just really tired of Berserk. Because there's no twists and turns. There's no ups and downs. It's just Berserk wins. 
and it's boring. I think they're I think they're building to a point though where that's about to change. I think this was sort of their last dominant, you know, stamp of approval and of dominance. And I think now we're gonna start seeing the chips fall again. And Th- this seemed like a part A to a part B C D story. And and going off of that, I really noticed that when they all came out, like Jay mentioned on his episode that like you would used to have Doyama come out and everyone was like, "Hooray, it's Doyama!" And then Shino come out and they sit on their hands. There was like no, there wasn't like booing. Like they were just the crowd just sat there as those three came out. So it's a different kind of heel that usually happens in Dragon Gate. But it seems that like maybe even the crowd is getting a little tired of the Berserk shenanigans. And like Case, I this was not the strongest main event of. Corkins this year. I think that the uh, Ten Man was the best match on the show by far, and mm-hmm. it. I. I mean, it just was like Katoka really has been bringing it since he came back. His new like smoke silver gear is sweet, and T Hawk. I like the kind of heel that T Hawk plays. I just don't know if that's a kind of heel that can play as a main event player. Mm-mm. So. That, that, that's kind of what, what the match left me feeling afterwards. Yeah, I I, I don't know. I, I was higher in this match than the rest of you. I really enjoyed it, but um, just seeing Dory and Yoshi do their spots together again was a treat, too, for me. But I don't know. I was very, like... And I was kind of relieved when Yoshino didn't turn heel, because the more I thought about it, the more I didn't really want him to be a heel yet. So... <laughs> um, the thing okay. is that... The thing is that I'm okay, like... I would be okay with a with a Yoshino heel run. Um, I would not be okay with a Yoshino heel run in Berserk. I see. I'm I'm just done. I'm 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 done with. I'm done. I'm. I think Berserk has the lineup that they need to have until they disband now. Yeah. I don't like, want them adding Yoshino and just Uh-oh. becoming that overpowered again. Right, and we've 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 crossed the year mark with Berserk. So usually if you're a unit, I, after 12 months is when I think that the unit can feasibly be broken up and not hurt the members of the unit. So I don't know if this is going to ultimately lead to a Berserk breakup, but I feel like that, as you were saying, Kay, that they have like the members, like the core members of this unit, that until they end and until like they have like the random heel turns of like young guys or things like that, I think you're pretty much established on what in-game Berserk might be. Mm-mm. Okay, so Dory Darts, who <laughs> wants to describe what the fuck happened here? The the greatest thing <laughs> of the year. I mean, I can't get enough of Dory Darts. I was disappointed when it ended because I was enjoying it so much. Okay, there there was so there was there's so much that happened, but can we talk about those two little girls dressed as Horiguchi? The greatest. <laughs> those I, lo- I love them. Like, I want to meet their parents. And, and just shake their hands and be like, congratulations, good job. Yeah, no, tremendous, tremendous work. Uh, mm-hmm. I also love the fact that the uh, girl that Yoshino made cry was Ooh. the first gong kid at the beginning of the show that refused <laughs> to get into the ring of Shima, so she's my favorite person in Dragon Gate she history. Knew. She knew that he was going <laughs> to try to eat her. <laughs> yes. She, like, she knew, she felt it. She was like, he's a bad, bad man. And and I, then I, 
this kid, this this kid was like the MVP of the of the of the show. Yeah, it really was. Like first this, then she literally made Yoshino bow down to her, and <laughs> then she tried to murder Casey. <laughs> That's right. Like, she tried she to throw a dart like right through Casey's eyes. Casey's re reaction was amazing. Like yeah. it was just like, what the fuck is going on? It was amazing. It was great. I, I think that. For one, there's something about how pleased Doi is at each Doi darts match. Or each of those. He, he's always like, guys, this look what I made. Look at my thing. This is the best okay, thing. So None of you could think of this. Was, he looked so happy about his little Christmas decorations. Yeah. Like, he was so pleased with himself. And I was like, who did you force to help you with this? Like, who was the poor victim? Who had to stay all day with you in the garage while you figured out the con the connections and the electronic and the electronics? I was. I, I'm I guessing. For that I'm guessing it's Probably Yoshioka. Poor girl. <laughs> oh, jeez, oh, yeah. It like the other thing about doy darts that gets me every single time is just the response of everyone when the kids like throw the darts. Like, uh, like the first start was Brother Yashi, and everyone was like, "Oh, Brother Yashi!" And everyone was like, "Okay, this is this is interesting." And then the look on Doi's face as it went on and went on, and less uh, I'm trying to put this gingerly, less people gingerly. that less people who are usually on the top of the card were selected this year. And the look on him, they was like, "Oh, this is great. This is great. This isn't so great. This isn't so great." Punch Tomonaga's not even here. Crap. <laughs> there were two wrestlers not even there that got picked. Punch and, Punch and Brother Yashi. Kaness wasn't there either. Oh, Kness three. Three. Mm -mm. Jesus. <laughs> um, but, and you can see people posted photos of Shima like, on the floor just fucking cracking up as they keep throwing these darts and it keeps hitting more and more obscure wrestlers. It was, it was pretty amazing. Horiguchi. He's on destruction. Horiguchi was just laughing. It was like, oh, Punch isn't here? Hold up. We're going to call him right now. <laughs> yes, he called Punch to say... To, Look, the only thing that would have made... Yeah. The only thing that would have made this moment better is if they had called him with Saito's flip phone. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> now, I'll ask this a historian question. I don't believe this is the first time, because Doi ended up talking to Punch on the phone I don't believe this is the first time Doi's made a phone call in the middle of Cork oh, and Hall. He called, he called KZ, he called KZ yeah. from Mexico. KZ That's right, Mexico yeah. One, yeah. That was... was like, I, what was the deal? That Was that the end of 2007? No. no. It was mid-2008. Right okay, when, uh, when Doi and Yoshino both decided to leave uh, Muscle Outlaws and form their own unit. Yes, that's so, right. So they already knew they were going to, like invite KZ and they had Dory call him when KZ was on excursion in Mexico and invite him into the unit and it's he was really like hey I'm, he's like K K apparently they didn't tell KZ ahead of time what I'm told <laughs> so, so Dory's like hey KZ you're on the phone in the middle of Kirk and Hall and KZ was like what <laughs> so yeah um, and it had to be like 3 or 4 in the morning in yeah. Mexico when it happened too <laughs> so imagine being woken up and having Dory going KZ, you're on the phone in Corkin. And you're like, what? Hold up, what's going on here? Like, he probably was half asleep during the entire phone call. Yes. Um, but, but so that, 
that's how World One ended up being formed, and they also ended up getting Naoki and BB Hulk. But mm. yeah, that was the original lineup for World One. Um, but yeah, so that so that after the so they hit all these crazy, um, these crazy picks. Can you believe this was this was Sumu's first time being picked at Doi Darts? It's fucking crazy. Meanwhile, it was Tonda's third consecutive pick. <laughs> Tonda was like, this is my third straight Dory Darts made event, I know. It's like, yeah, apparently the children really love really love Jimmy Conda. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, so then Dory is basically like, this is not a good main event. And he forced himself and Yamato into the match to okay. add some star power. So here's the thing. It's definitely not as star-studded as, for example, the January uh, Doi Darts match, which had, um, you know, I think it was the team of Shingo, Shima, Gama, Mochi, and Kanda. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, Kanda. But it was, it was, I mean, it was Shingo, Mochi, and Shima on the same team, which was, you know, pretty star studded, as you say. Um, Karaoke Machine was also there, so the stars were really aligned that night. Yeah, Don Fuji had better things to do that night. Yep. Wasn't that the December? Uh, Tozawa Treasure Hunt match. Oh, it very easily could have been. I mean, you know. <laughs> yeah, the, I what, love that's... Kiyoki Machine so much. I don't really bother with history as much as just. Yeah, the don't worry, don't worry. But yeah, no. The thing is that it looks like people are down on this match because. Okay, why are people down on this match? Because Monchan and Punch are in it. Like, yeah. okay, Monchan, Monchan and Punch are in it, but you know who else is in it? Fucking Jamie Susumu, fucking Kines, fucking Don Fuji. The big cat. Like, come on now. Also, the, big, the big cat, Maria. Also, I, I actually like having Monchat in these wacky matches. He's fun um, in them. Yeah, he's usually pretty fun. Also, yeah. I, I I would be remiss to note that without that um, Jay, Jay, Jay apparently renamed him to Monday Ryu. <laughs> he's now Monday Ryu, according okay. to the website. He, he is yeah, the Monday no, Dragon. <laughs> I don't like the people are being so that like okay. Doi said that it was. Doi said, "Oh, this is a bad main event." Blah blah blah. People don't have to take Doi's Doi's word as gospel. <laughs> hey, you know I what happens when you take Doi's words too seriously? Yeah, your unit gets disbanded yeah. twice. Um, um, I I think the match is gonna be good. I don't know. Honestly, I wouldn't. I wouldn't have been down on this match, even if Doi and Yamato. I mean, I mean, even if Doi hadn't inserted himself and Yamato into it, I'm super down with Kinesika just being united by fate. Um, I mean, I'm pretty sure that's what their theme song is called. Um, I'm super down with uh, Yashi in this in this kind of match. I'm really okay with Hio and Yuki being picked because I think that it's really gonna um, help them kind of not really earn their stripes but really know what they're getting into here because this is the kind of match that only happens in dragon gate and you have the guy that his career was made by doi darts punch tomanaga drawn exactly like it's it's destiny yeah like we have we have don fuji on the same time uh, on the same team as monday ryu you gotta know there's gonna be shenanigans going on there like, and on the same team as, as Yamato as well. Yeah, l- l- like... They were having their stare down that was the funniest fucking thing. It, it, it's one of the things that I kind of like that this match happens, not only just because we get such a crazy match, but on the other hand, 
just imagine like them setting up the rest of the card now because you you're down like scratching their head like what the fuck is going on right like you you already don't have three jimmies three jimmies are gone oh no gone. you have um like... that's gonna be a fun jimmy tandem that they're left with because then you have uh saito kagatora and horiguchi. um and horiguchi yeah i mean like there's That's a true team. Yeah, yeah. Like the rest of the card is pretty sweet. Like Benkei and Mochi are left out. They could have some stuff going on there. <gasps> please, please, Benkei versus Mochi singles match, please. There's just so much going on that that, that happens because of Doi Darts that I also. Oh, sorry. Uh, I was just gonna say there's so much going on because of Doi Darts that I'm always excited not only for the match but how the rest of the card is built up because those are usually like it's usually such a fun card outside of those matches. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, there's a lot. I mean, the other three rookies get opportunities. Like, there's mm-hmm. just a lot there. Mm-hmm. Also, I would just like to point out that I'm a complete idiot and that Kinesika's theme song is, is not called Destiny or Fate at all in Japanese. I'm just an idiot. Whatever. <laughs> it's, okay. um, it's, you know. Um, but, yeah, no, I, I, I'm really not dissatisfied with that match at all, even factoring Doi and Yamato out. I don't know what people are, are like. I'm, 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 okay. I like it, and I think people need to calm the fuck down and understand <laughs> that it's fucking doy darts, and you're not always gonna get the like the perfect fucking match you want. Like it's doy darts. It's the entire point of doy darts is it's gonna give you wacky shit. So sometimes you're gonna get wacky shit. Like I don't know what to tell you. This isn't like so- when doy fixed the darts to find temporary uh, mad blanky members. Like this isn't like that, guys. And even then, that was golden because they hit the the sliver of Osaka 06, and I've never seen a human happier than Doi when that happened. <laughs> He's always so pleased but, with himself. But yeah, so Doi Darts is awesome, and this the I guarantee fucking to you that match will be good in a in a week or well, yeah, in a couple weeks. I, you know what? I just I want Don Fuji to pick Hio Watanabe up and just throw him. At the opposing team. That's Flying Leopard! <laughs> I, I mean, there's that's, there's so much there. That's, that's really what I want to see. And then Konda will teach him how to bury a body. Oh, yeah. <laughs> are, are we right now guessing that now Hiyawai Nabe is going to become the sleaziest member of the class of 2016? Because if so, I'm proud of my small I leopard mean, son. I he's hanging out with Punch Tominaga, Jimmy Konda, Mondai Ryu, and Don Fuji. So... That that's a team that I want to go out drinking with. Same. <laughs> that's a good clubbing team. Like you know, Yamato is going to pick like a good bar to go to. You know, mm-hmm. Don Fuji is going to like break out the karaoke after he gets twelve beers in him. Like like that's a good night. That's fun. And then if something goes down at the club, you still got Konda to bury the body. Exactly. Exactly. I like the idea of Don Fuji saying, "Oh, I'm feeling a little bit buzzed after his twelfth beer." like like don fuji like it's just one of those things that when it like i think that whenever like he gets something in his mind and i think he's legitimately like a weirdo like he's a weird person Mm -mm. oh absolutely that he's just like you know what i wouldn't be surprised if he shows up as sumo fuji like there there is a chance (laughs) that that happens Okay, but only only if he enlists Konda and Konda shows up at Sumo Konda. As Sumo Konda. Oh yeah, oh yeah. I want to see them thighs, man. <laughs> <laughs> also, before we move on from this, because I because I think we could probably talk about like three hours about Doi Darts. Yeah. They had to have Mister 
Nakagawa be the referee for this so he can do his Nakagawa do his Yoshino impression. Is having so little of Berserk Berserk shit. Yeah. Like he is done. Seahawk gave him the BT bomb that one time, and ever since he has sworn revenge, he will not let it go. And I fucking love it. He's great. Like he was not letting up on them, and they and they didn't even hit him in that main event, which was really weird because he was like really hands on. It was like let him go, and I just I really 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 love Nakagawa in those situations. And they really need to get him in there. I completely agree. Yeah, so Doi Darts, it's going to be great. It's going to be lit. <laughs> as the kids say. Yeah, I, that I, one as the kids say. As the oldest one here, I made a reference. I, I made I say, a reference. I say lit, and I'm not a kid. What? Lit, I say lit all the time. I'm not a kid. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> I don't I'm like I'm, I'm like 21 going on 80, so. <laughs> all right, so let's move on to... <laughs> Let's move on to a brief preview of Final Gate since this will be our last show before Final Gate. We're going to do like a a show after, you know, after the next Kirk and end Final Gate. All right. So we have the title matches for Final Gate, starting with Open the Brave Gate, Kagatora and Eita. Does anybody give Kagatora a shot here? I think he has a chance. Yeah, me too. A little bit of a chance. I think he's going to win. The reason the reason I think he has a chance is because they've been really playing up that story of oh I've I've challenged for the Brave Gate like eight times I think it is and That's I've what I never saying. I've never won it. That's what uh, I thought so too. That's why I thought so too. And I feel like the the only reason that I mean there there's the only reasons that they might be pushing that storyline is either because he's winning or just because they want you to believe that he's winning. Yeah. Um, I think he shouldn't win because I think that would that Ata still needs to build up that reign. But I wouldn't be surprised if Kagatora pulled it out. My argument for Kagatora winning, because I completely agree with the parts that Kay said, is that less on Kagatora, I think mm-hmm. that Ada next year, I mean, that I think the one thing that's holding back over generations, they don't have a young guy being a real frontline fighter. And mm-hmm. I, I think that this is the right opponent, and it has held the belt since Kobe World, so it, it can happen. So, mm-hmm. like, I could just see this happen, and really, it would be, I think that's, no, no, there's been Brave Gate champions inside of Jimmy's, just not this year, but I think, uh, like, I guess I'm the one that's expecting Kagatora to win, just because I think that Ada, it's about, they're going to try to push him on to better things. Like, I could see Ada getting the, wa- the Wakayama Dream Gate shot right now. Like, he, okay. he's, he's at that point, and I think it's about time that you still have one pillar missing right now, and now more so than ever. Like, I wouldn't I wouldn't have said this December 4th, 2015, but this year, I think he can be that sixth pillar. Okay, I can I can definitely see the case for... Yeah, I... Yeah, I, I, I agree, I agree, I agree. I don't want to get everyone's hopes up saying that, but I just... <laughs> I just kind of expect that to happen, especially because I don't know if there's going to be many other title changes at Final Gate. Okay, so that was the Brave Gate match. Now we have a brand new Triangle Gate match. Oh, uh, It is another three-way, which I'm I'm done making fun of these three-ways after I made fun of it at, uh, at Gate of Destiny, and the match ends up being fucking awesome. So whatever. They want to keep doing these three-ways. As long as they're good, I don't really care. But mm-hmm. it is the Jimmy's team of Saito, Genki... 
and Kanda defending against Berserk, Kong, Lindaman, and Mondai Ryu, and the unaffiliated team of Yoshino, Benkei, and who the fuck is their Katoka. partner? Katoka! How did I forget about Katoka? Wow. I don't know. But yeah, um, so that... Especially since Benkei was only added to the to the team um, this morning, actually. Yeah, this morning. So I don't know it why was I remember a, that. Yeah. Yoshino okay. said... Basically, okay, Yoshino basically took, like, the three rookies that have their gimmicks, and he was like, fight for me, children! And, <laughs> and Benkei won in, like, three minutes, yeah. Yeah, I want to know what the Benkei bomb is. Yeah, I don't know. But, um, okay. So, the the three-way triangulate match, I think there's no chance for Zerk is winning. That's just such a weak Zerk team that I really don't think okay. they're going to win. I don't understand this fucking obsession with putting Mondai Ryu, first of all, in those title matches. I mean, it's the I only it, thing I think it was useful. funny at the beginning of the year. Now I'm just tired of it. Um, but also, I don't understand... Like, my biggest gripe with this team is why the fuck do they keep sticking Linda with these losers? <laughs> like, why is... Okay, the way that I would have done it, put Shingo and Kong together as the Twin Gate challengers and have Linda, T-Hawk, and Yashi as a Triangle Gate team. Yeah. And, the, and I, I think I said the exact same thing at Dangerous Gate, that I wanted the Triangle Gate team for Berserk to be Linda, T-Hawk, and Yashi, instead of uh, T-Hawk, Khan, and Yashi. Um, I just... It sucks because when you look at this team and you're kind of you're kind of like, yeah, this this Berserk's team is not this Berserk team's not winning. There's freaking Mondai Rayu on it. Yeah. Um. And it sucks for Linda. Yeah. So yeah. And I like I like Kong in this match, even though I completely agree with you, Kay. Just because I feel like this is the position that Kong's best at. But that still being said, mm -hmm. this this isn't mm -hmm. a serious team. Mm -mm. And it. I think it should be noted that putting Benkei in a tr Triangle Gate match this early in his career outside of a Doi Dart situation is huge. Like, like this, mm -hmm. this again really goes on the fact that they know what they have there with Benkei. Mm -mm. But yeah, this match is... It, it'll be fun. Like, I think it'll be fun. I think Jimmy's are going to retain. Um, no, I, 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 would, I was going to say that. So I think Berserk has no chance. I think that the unaffiliated team has a chance. If they're going to be in a yeah. new unit, if they're going to be in like a new unit with Doi or whatever, they could win. Yeah. Um, I kind of I agree with John. Even though it would be super early to put a title on Ben K, um, I just looked at that Berserk team and. And I'm like, if they put the titles on there, it's just gonna be a fucking shit show unless they lose them like the the a month later. Like I can I can't at, at at this point in time, anyone in this promotion, including UT. Don't forget about UT. <laughs> <laughs> anyone in this promotion is more believable as a title challenger than Mondai Ryu. Oh, absolutely. And it And it's like it's just so fucking ridiculous to just imagine that they might every time there's this slight possibility that they might actually put a title on Mondai Ryu and you're just like what the fuck are you doing 
Yeah, I mean, you look so, up at, you look it up in the dictionary for lost post and you see Mondai Ryu. Like, yeah, pretty much. So that's kind of what that's kind of the reason why I would give the unaffiliated team a chance as well. Um, even though because I mean, the Triangle Gate team is kind of the the thing about this this Triangle Gate team right now is that there's not a lot of people who can really farm any teams together. Like Tribe Vanguard has had their two challenges in a row. Berserk is always challenging for those belts. Um, it's like, I mean, why not? Why not just put them on Yoshino and the kids? Like, yeah. After all. And, and like the only team that you could realistically get out of overgeneration is going to be some combination of Shima, Gamma, DK, and Ada. And they're already, and three of those guys are already taken up on the card. So, I mean, well, yeah. You could have. You could have um, Ishida, Yamamura, and Gama. That's a really weak team, though. <laughs> you could. I know, but that's a team. I mean, it's a really weak team. Is it weaker than the Berserk team? Yes. Uh, <laughs> uh, it's weaker. I, I, I mean, oh. I've, even though Ishida and Yamamura have the tenure over Binkei, they are not at the state of that Binkei is. Exactly. Exactly. So. Yeah, uh, the the one the one telltale sign of if I think there's going to be a title change is if Yoshino comes out in a black and white and silver pair of tights. Yes. If that, if that happens, the that, title's that changing. That will be a new unit. Right. Mm-mm. So uh, that's the Triangle Gate match. The Twin Gate match is Shima and Dragon Kid against Shingo and T Hawk. I f- I'm pretty sure Shima and Dragon Kid are going to retain. Um, this is hard for me because it wouldn't shock me if Shingo and T Hawk won. This is hard for me because I want those titles off of Shima as quickly as possible. But also, if I have to live through another Shingo Takagi title reign this year, I might as well just end it. So it's <laughs> like, can this just end in a double countout and the titles are vacated? Is that, is that like a thing that I can predict or hope for? I guess you can hope for it. I wouldn't predict it. Yeah. No, <laughs> I think is... Shima and Dragon are the lesser of the two evils here. Like, I mean, I love Shingo, but I really want to see the Shima Dragon reign continue at least for one more defense. Uh, but, I mean, speaking from my perspective, I'm super excited for this and I have super high hopes for it. Mm-mm. So, I'm looking forward to it and I expect Shima and DK to, to retain. I think, uh, I think Shingo and Seahawk are winning. I'm a coin flip. To be honest, like mm-hmm. I I know that in the last episode when we were talking about Gid Destiny, I was like I think this might be a zero defense uh, Twin Gate team, but Mm-mm. like going off what you said, Shingo doesn't need the Twin Gate belt, T Hawk doesn't really need it either, so I but at the same time I don't think that Shima needs it, so I'm just kind of sitting back going well. I can make a case for either team. I think this will be a, a good match. I think that all four of these guys work well together, and T-Hawk's a good base for DK, but I just don't mm-hmm. know how... This is like... This and the main event are the two matches that I don't know what's going to happen. Mm-mm. It's... Yeah, it's... I don't, I don't know, because then... Then who... Uh, this Twin Gate situation is giving me a headache <laughs> so that's the twin gate and then the main event the open the dream gate title match 
Naruki Dori challenging Yamato. I really don't know. I think Yamato is probably going to retain. Mm. Obviously, I'm holding out hope that Dory wins because he's kind of like my favorite wrestler right now. But, um, <laughs> the thirst is real. I really want Dory to win, but I don't think he will. Do you see? I kind of, I'm really, I'm really torn on this because, yeah, I mean, it's no secret that I love Yamato and he's one of my favorites in Dragon Gate, and I really want him to have that Dream Gate reign that matters, and it's just not happening, and it's driving me crazy, and I think that. If the rain needs a kick in the butt right now, it'd be it would be Yamato retaining here. The thing is that if you're going to put the title on Doi at any point in the future, is it safe to not do it now and wait and risk wasting the kind of momentum that he has? You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah, I see exactly what you're saying. Like... I the this is such a hard match because you have Yamato who even though he's been champion since Kobe World circumstances have completely taken out all momentum behind him mm-hmm. and, and and like we were saying like this could be the kick in the pants and at the same time with Doi you you have a guy right now who still fresh off his face turn and he's still kind of playing tweener in a way and he's unaffiliated that past president presidents three out of the last four dreamgate champions have either or new dreamgate champions have either formed a unit or were or were a part of a new unit that just formed so it, it, looking into like recent history you could think oh wait if he wins then the unit forms and that in theory gives the new unit some momentum i don't know and at the same time if doi doesn't win when's the next time doi is realistically going to get a title shot with this kind mm-hmm. of momentum like, is he going to, have to like win King of Gate and then go into Kobe World as a challenger next year? Like, and at the same time, y- Yamato really needs like a solidified championship ring. He really needs like something to help him out in the title this time. And it's two guys who both really need the title, and I think that's really interesting. Yeah. Mm-mm. For now, I'm really 50-50. I don't think I can make a prediction on this match. Yeah, I'm, I'm sort of in the same boat. I do think Doi's going to win, but I've got that sort of 55-45 of, you know, Yamada mm-hmm. could very easily pull this out. Mm-mm. Yeah, that's what I think. I mean, that's basically what I think, too. Mm-mm. I think I would go, I would actually go 55-45 Yamato, maybe, but I really don't know. Mm-hmm. Um, all right, so... That is King of Gate. Um, Final Gate. Final Gate. <laughs> something Gate, everybody. Something, something Gate. Um, Final Gate is December 26th, so... I thought it was 25th. Um, no? Oh, you're right, the 25th, yeah. It'll be the 26th for us. Or no, it'll be the 24th for us. Wow, mm-hmm. I'm really, like, off... off well, the 24th going into the 25th? Yeah. Right. It's the, morning, it's the morning of the 25th for me, so I'll either have not slept or I'll be very, very, very okay, so hungover. Let's, 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 let's go over this real quick. Cause I, you know what? What I realize is people always ask us how to watch and when to watch and all that, and we never really cover that. So let's really quickly tell people when they can watch all this stuff. So 1220 mm-hmm. is the Cork and Hall show. Um, mm-hmm. So that's two weeks from this Tuesday. That's the Dory Darts main event, Cork and Show. That's 6.30 p.m. Japan time. 
So it'll be another 4.30 a.m. Um, on the 20th start time if you're in the Eastern time zone in the U.S., mm-hmm. um, which is cool. It works out for me. I just wake up at 4.30 a.m. instead of 7.30 a.m. and watch it before I go to work. But that's mm-hmm. what I've been doing lately. It's worked out. Um, the 25th is Final Gate. So yeah. you got to write. It's 5 p.m. Japan time. So that'll be 3 a.m. Eastern time on Christmas morning. Um, so that's 9 a.m. for me. Yeah. And that'll be Sunday. That's a Sunday, the 25th. So it's cool. I, I mean, I am I have off the 26th from work, so I don't have to worry about it messing up my sleep schedule or anything. I'm pretty excited to watch Final Gate. Maybe live, maybe that day. Um, mm-hmm. The answer of where you can watch this stuff is on Nico Nico. If it will take your card. It's basically... <laughs> I mean, it takes my card, but I, I had to literally call my credit card company and be like, hey, can you stop blocking this? I, I know... That you don't you don't really want to let like you don't let Japanese charges go through by default, but I'm I'm using this, so please, this is legit. And they're like, mm. okay, so calling your credit card company might help. Um, you basically have to go on there, buy points, use the points, and then you can watch it live that way. That's how and I then, do it. And then hope and pray. Yeah, but I know there's also some like non-legal ways that I don't really want to encourage people to do, but... I don't know what you're talking about. They're out there. There's non-legal ways to watch it live. And then, um, they usually go up on the Real the Real Hero archive, like, a week or two after the show. I don't want to encourage illegal ways, but these matches go up on the Real Hero archive. <laughs> <laughs> but at least you're not watching it live illegally, okay? Mm. But yeah, if you, look at, for, if you look for Real Hero archive, it'll go up within a few weeks. Um... But yeah, that's yeah. the twenty. So those those two shows will both be live. I've already purchased the twentieth show, and then the twenty fifth I have to buy at some point. Um, they usually the the Kurikan shows are like fifteen dollars, and then the the pay per views like Final Gate are like twenty five dollars. Um, it's, it's usually like twenty one dollars if you order it. I think up to seventy two hours before the show. So, yeah, so it's a little bit of a pre order discount. With the way that my credit card goes, I try to, I, I try to bulk buy points because I don't know if my card's going to be go through the next time. So, <laughs> like, yeah, that's why that's why I did this time too. I bought like three thousand points for both Kurikans. Yeah, and then I'll have to I'll probably go ahead and buy more points for Final Gate in the next Kurikan. But yeah, so every single Kurikan airs live on this, folks, and and every single pay per view. So you can always see Kurikan Hall and pay per view shows live um, if you're willing to pay for it. So there you go. And if you um, can pay for it, please do, because that's the most way that Dragon Gate could tell. If you can pay for it, pay for it anyway. Yeah. It, 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 really, I mean, Dragon Gate's in a situation that's different than New Japan and DDT with how they're owned. So the only way that Gaora and President o- Okamura knows that there are Western fans watching and are interested is by doing it that way or by trying to buy merch through Jay. So... Yeah, Mm-mm. that that's my mini tangent soapbox about supporting Drangit. All right, so with that out of the way, the final topic we'll be getting to today is the beginning of our new retro rewatch series because oh. the the J episode went over so well and people are really into hearing about retro stuff. So, <laughs> so from now on, we are going to do a segment on every episode where each of us picks a match, we'll, we'll rotate basically, 
Um, the first one was mine. And we we all watched that match. We put it on the drive, too. So uh, we linked to that on the Twitter. So if you want to go check out check out the drive on our Twitter, you'll see... Our Twitter's at OpenVoiceGate, by the way. You'll see the match there, and then you can you can rewatch it too. But we're all we all we watched the same match, and we're all going to give our thoughts on it. So the very first one we picked was Monster, or Monster, Monster, <laughs> Monster Outlaws, Monster Outlaws, challenging New Hazard for the Open the Triangle Gate titles at Kobe World 2007. So it was the team of Doi Yoshino and Magnitude Kishiwada against the team of Shingo Takagi. BB Hulk and Cybercop. Um, for anybody have any opening thoughts before we get into the actual, like what? It's really weird seeing Shingo. Well, BB, well um, not BB Hulk. First of all, looks uh, about eighteen years old, which is very disturbing considering that he's the oldest of the of the big six. Yes, he looks. Um, he looks very young in this match. It's true. Um, Just seeing also, him team with Shingo is so weird. <laughs> Yeah, also that. And Cyber Kong is wearing a very fetching fur skirt. Cyber Kong is a baby face is weird. Um, Furry boot, yeah. Cyber Kong. Oh, you know, you want to know a real Fashion Gate um, observation, uh, observation that I made is that I wish Doi would go back to that material for his trunks. Oh, that, that's super, like, latexy. Yeah, really tight. It, yeah, the, for... Up until like recent years, that was always the look I identified Nuruki Doi with, whereas where his yeah, muscle out all tights. It looks so much more pulled together than the cut and fabric that he has now. And I don't know, I just wish he would go back to that to that cut and fabric. I, I think it just looks awesome. Every time I watch a match of his where he's wearing that sort of like latexy shiny thing, I just really, really, really love it. So yeah. Some fashion gate um, observations before we get into the meat of the match. And boy, there was some meat. <laughs> there, there, there was some beef going on here. Mm-mm. What the fuck? <laughs> what the that hell was that? Uh, that was uh, my shitty little swivel chair that I sit on just squeaked. I, I thought like a, a, a I bird? thought someone like assaulted you or something. Like, Jesus. I, thought <laughs> I thought that was a bird. Just uh, my lumbar supports being assaulted in this chair. Um, okay, so some history on this match. Obviously, New Hazard had formed a few months before this, um, in like in February, I guess. So like six months before this, and they feuded with both Typhoon and Muscle Outlaws since they formed. And the entire point of New Hazard was, um, you know, we're only allowed to be Dragon Gate Trueborns. There's no one else allowed in this unit except. Dragon Gate Trueborns and some other like, you know, outsiders. Outsiders, yeah. Like, like we we end up with um we end up with getting like Jack Evans who ran in mm-hmm. this match, and then also El Generico was a member. Shinobu was a member, but no one who wasn't a Dragon Gate Trueborn on the Dragon Gate roster could be a member. Um, so the members were these three: Hulk, Shingo, and Kong, but also Yamato. Um, Tozawa was the one Dragon Gate Trueborn at the time and never joined. He was busy with Tozawa Juku. Um, he was getting polished. So that was gaining polish, exactly. Although I remember he would be in a lot of photos with them mm-hmm. around this time. Like, in a lot of photos. So they, they, they should have just had him join. But anyway. Alright. Um, and then they're defending the Triangle Gate Tales here against Doi, Yoshino, and Kishiwada. 
Um, the way this worked was basically like everybody had a rival, kind of. So you had Shingo and Doi as the muscular rivals. Hulk and Yoshino as like the speed slash technique rivals. And then Kong and Kishiwata as like the monster rivals. And and they, they like kind of paired off immediately. And like they, they basically did like a wild brawl all over ringside. So all three, all three pairings kind of paired off. And then Kishiwata challenges Kong to get in the ring for dueling chairs. And that was pretty awesome. And then they both no-sell a chair shot to the head. Although plastic, not, not steel, everybody. So don't, <laughs> nobody freak out. But um, and then after that, they, they, they give up on the chairs and just have like a long shoulder block battle. And Kong eventually wins that. Um, but yeah, so that was basically the opening part of the match. Anybody else have anything to think about the opening? Like, really for me, this was like the time that to me, Kishiwada got good. Because he really, like his Dreamgate reign was kind of a wet fart. And he just kind of, like this is like when they found like the proper role for Matthew Kishiwada was in these Triangle Gate teams. So like... It was it was nice kind of seeing like I don't know if this really was the genesis of that, but this was like the first match I remember that was like oh I don't hate this guy instinctively. But yeah, that's beautiful. I I, I have my way of words such as wet fart. I don't <laughs> I don't <laughs> master's education y'all. Hmm. <laughs> <sighs> But yeah, like the chair shots was such something you don't see much anymore in Dragon Gate. So that was always something that kind of took me aback doing a rewatch. I forgot that that happened when that was going on here. But that was fun. Yeah, the chair shot battle was fun. Um, so then it kind of goes right into the next big step, which was um, we have a big big spot where Kishiwada sets up Hulk on the outside and then does like a flying splash from the top rope to the floor through the table. That was a really cool spot. I remember I, sh- I actually I, I mentioned on the J episode that, that I had actually showed this match at like an anime con panel, like before <laughs> the actual panel was starting, before the, the pro wrestling panel started, and people like really oohed and odd for that spot. So they were they were very into it. Um, That's cool. And then that kind of added into that that spot kind of went right into the into the heat, you know, into the heat part of it where. They just kind of beat the shit out of Hulk for a long time. Oh, poor Hulk. But, um, well, I mean, you Hulk know, is somebody, bumping somebody like a motherfucker in this match. Yeah, he. Like, I don't know how great... many cups of coffee he had before he went out there, but Jesus Christ. This, this was a. I will say, like, if, if, for people who hate Hulk, this was an A plus Hulk performance. So you got to give him love for this one, I think. He was great. At, he was selling. His selling was just great here. Uh, mm-hmm. Yeah, it's interesting watching how Hulk has aged and progressed because this was like back in the era where like he would be doing just like the mouse every match he would just be doing like flipping sentons and moonsaults and, and things like this like it's when he was younger like I, I know he's a little bit beaten down and can't really take the bumps like he used to like he was a he was a really fl- fun kind of speedy guy especially for a guy his size getting paired up against Yoshino and that table like the, he didn't just like go through the table they Kishiwada went through the table with such force that the wooden part separated from the legs. Like, it was... Yeah, was it was a great table spot. That was a sick spot. Yeah. That was one sick spot. Mm-hmm. Um, so then so then after that, we get... I, I, I put... I did some notes on this. And, like, 
one of my favorite spots in the entire match was Yoshino, like during while they're still getting the heat on Hulk, he just tosses Hulk up in the corner, kicks him right in the balls, yes, yeah, and then starts I... selling his own balls like he'd been kicked. So the referee, when he turns around, doesn't know who got actually got kicked in the ball. Uh, that was amazing. He was he was really getting into like just pretending. <laughs> He's. I really love Yoshino. Yoshino. Yes, I'm, I, if, if we do end up getting that eventually, it's going to be fun, because Yoshino's fun. Yeah, like him choking out Hulk with the uh, leather whip, like that was, it's like, oh, Yoshino, you have no chill this match at all. <laughs> I feel like Case hasn't said anything. Case, what do you what do you think about the match so far? Oh, I, I love this match, and I loved Heal Yoshino. Um, I'm sort of waiting till we can get to a point where I can talk about uh, Mr. Shingo Takagi, but I'm I'm enjoying listening to to you guys right now because this is a tremendous match. So we're in the middle of this long. We're still in the middle of a long heat segment on Hulk and Kishiwada. At one point, does his screaming kicks, which I know a lot of people thought was really goofy, but I just always thought they were so hilarious when he would just start screaming at the top of his lungs and kicking and screaming, kick and screaming, kick, and then turn to his corner and go like, yeah. He'd be so excited to do a screaming kick. I love Kishiwada. I his heel, his title run was bad, but after that, he was pretty great in Dragon Gate. I thought this his... was sort of the turning point. I think as, yeah. as uh, Michael said earlier, this was when he started to really figure it out. And I was reading my review of this match that I wrote in the summer of 2015 for the open the uh, or countdown to Kobe series that I did and I, I slander Kishiwata quite a bit but I was also saying he sucked before this but now he's really impressing me so more power to him it's it's one of those things that about Kishiwata's kicks like I forgot that he loves screaming during his kicks and I'm not trying to like shame his voice or anything like this but his voice does not match his body when he's yelling <laughs> it does not match up right like it's not necessarily I'd say that it was high pitched or anything like this just it when I think about Magdu Kishiwada, I guess I feel like that he should have like the similar kind of gravelly voice as Don Fuji and Masaki Mochizuki have, and he doesn't have that. No, instead he's like, <laughs> yeah! <laughs> yeah! He, he's the Howard Dean of wrestling. That's a good comparison, actually. So the, the long heat segment on Hulk goes on for a while until Shingo comes in and goes fucking crazy with a piece of table. He like, takes the broken table and is like, oh, you want to put my friend Hulk through this table, huh? Well, now I'm going to beat the shit out of you with it. Wow. <laughs> it's just really crazy. And this is where I will take my cue to talk about Shingo Takagi. Um, there's just a visual here of him with a bloody face in the table that I can't get enough of. Chase, Chase, I gotta, I gotta hang up on Chase you you're possessed. Yeah. <laughs> See? Finally, the universe doesn't want us to talk about Shingo finally, Takagi. Finally, it's time to talk and... <laughs> The static attacks it's amazing and, so. <laughs> and he made that table destroyed by the end of it like there were shards of that table in the ring the rest of the match like it wasn't just like taking a half a broken cha- table and hang someone once like he was like this table is gonna be dead to me this table no longer exists this table's erased from the earth and they and like he completely like there was one time where like where like kishawa's head went through the table like straight through and it was great like he just was, at that time, he cared deeply for Hulk, and you weren't going to hurt his little buddy. That's adorable. I'm trying to find a way to get Case back on here, because it's not working. <laughs> this was finally the time when the attack went too far. 
the static finally killed him. You, you guys are still there, right? Yeah, we're here. Mm -hmm. we're, yes, it says call failed. <laughs> what the fuck? The universe really does not want him to talk about Shingo. Well, well... Oh, Case, you're back. Okay. You're, so you, the static attacked and then didn't want to let you... Didn't want to let me redial you. I'm back now. Okay. So talk oh, about yeah. Shingo. Talk about Shingo, buddy. He's just so good. And I know, like, there are people outside of this podcast that are sick of him, but, like, I think about him as an all-time wrestler, and I think there are such few wrestlers better than Shingo in their entire careers. And this is one of my favorite performances of him just because when he gets going and when he gets fired up, there's no one like him and there's no one more intense and there's no one with that fire and that energy that he shows and him smashing muscle outlets over the head, which is that tiny piece of table is such an awesome visual. And I love it. He's got the blood going down his face one of my favorite wrestlers ever, and one of my favorite performances for him ever. That finishing stretch with Yoshino was crazy. We'll get yeah. to that. We'll get to that. Mm -mm. So, after that, the Shingo goes crazy, defeats a broken table. Then the next note I have on is, so Doi pulls the ref in the way of a Hulk drop kick, and we get everyone from Muscle Outlaws running in, including Dr. Muscle, everyone's favorite wrestler, I'm sure. Whoever the um, fuck that was on that particular show. <laughs> yeah, I was trying to figure out who that was, because Mishima was already gone at that point, and he usually yeah. was Dr. Muscle, so who had it? I have, like, the size-wise, I can't tell who was who was Dr. Muscle at that time. But then, um, so then Jack fucking Evans runs in for New Hazard and does a 630 on Doi. Yeah. So if that didn't make you miss Jack Evans and Dragon Gate, I don't, I don't know what to tell you. It made me miss him. But... He, he was, like... Like, Jack Evans and Dragon Gate is one of those, like, special times. It really was the first case of Dragon Gate and mainly Shisha and Sima taking someone and completely stepping their game up exponentially. Because yeah. at this time, you still had the really, really flippy Jack Evans wearing a do-rag and a cut-off t-shirt and doing, like, a crazy 630 centon and... It's just interesting to me, like, the wrestler he became after he left Dragon Gate and how much Dragon Gate influenced that. Mm -mm. So so after that, we have an, one of my favorite spots ever, where Hulk, he, he goes for a moonsault, he lands on his feet. Kishiwata grabs him from behind and tries to hit him with a German. He lands on his feet again somehow. And then Yoshido from behind just fucking murders him. With the stiffest missile drop kick to the back of the head you will ever see. Like, I don't know if, if Hulk landed too far back, and that was the problem. Yoshino thought he had more room. And Yoshino, because Yoshino just, like, I, he's hit a lot of missile drop kicks. He, I've never seen him before or since murder somebody with this missile drop kick like he did to Hulk here. Like, just, his head, like, fucking snaps forward. It's so sick, actually. But, um, but yeah, the really crazy missile drop kick is in this match. Um, just It's like, flip, land on my feet. Flip, land on my feet. Oh, I'm dead. Basically, is, the, is that spot. And he barely um, made it that second flip. Like, I yeah, forgot, he like, he almost just landed on his head there. But, like, he was able yeah. to somehow square himself and land flat on his feet. Like, that last one, I was like, oh, God. <laughs> and then, boom. Then he's dead. Rip R.I.P. Hulk, basically. Um... So I, I I really feel like I need to reiterate how awesome Hulk is in this match in general too, like his 
his selling on uh on Kishiwata's Lariat, like pretty soon after this is one of my favorite Lariat sells ever where he just does like a flip and just like lands on his neck. It's like, oh my god. But he destroyed himself for this match. You have to respect that. But then but then Kong gets some revenge for New Hazard by murdering Yoshino with one of the most brutal pineapple bombers ever. Where remember the one where he bounces off one side of the ropes, bounces off the other side of the ropes, runs forward and just fucking kills him. Um, and then Shingo kills kills Yoshino even more with a crazy pumping pumping bomber right after that. So if you like lariats and bombers and stuff, this is your match. Because there's a lot of crazy ones. And then finally we get to the finish. Um, where they, they did blow it. Basically, Shingo hits Yoshino with, I guess, the Made in Japan, right? Is that Made in Japan? It was like a weird early version of it. Yeah. And Yoshino, Yoshino was kick was supposed to kick out, and I guess Shingo was supposed to pin him with something else right after. But the ref counted three because he thought that was the finish, and yeah. So mm-hmm. it does. The only thing to me that brings this match down a, a, even a, the tiniest bit is that referee blowing that finish. But I still yeah, love the match. It was really weird. Um, like very confusing. It's still, it's still my favorite match ever. I think I love that. I like watching it again. Did not change my opinion. I just love everybody in the match. It's probably it's my all time favorite Hulk performance. Probably one of the best Shingo performances. Mm-mm. Pretty easily the best Kishiwata performance. I think. And then Yamadoya and Kong are great in it too. Um, yeah, I just love that match so much. Anyone else have any thought, final thoughts on it? I really 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 love that finishing stretch even though it was cut short um that was i feel like it's weird because this is the dynamic that we don't really see often which is heal yoshino and face shingo and there's the powder throw and everything um but i just really yeah no i just i just really really i was really into that that finish uh, that finishing portion, not the not, not much the finish itself, but the finishing portion at least. Mm-hmm. And I have limits. Yeah, go ahead. I was gonna say, and I don't want to beat down the guy. This was such a different Cyber Kong than such a better Cyber Kong in 2007. Mm-hmm. Like he was just the way that like he the crowd also responded to him. Like this is before Kong kind of got made into a joke. Like Kong was still fresh, and he was really like going head to head of Kishiwada who was already established as a former Dreamgate champion and he wasn't backing down and it was it like all six guys in this match brought something to the table and fulfilled what they needed to do like the only person in the match who really didn't bring anything was that referee who I've not seen on a Dragon Gate show <laughs> since so it it, it was it, it was a whole lot of fun i always enjoyed new hazard new hazard was around when I was starting to get into Dragon Gate, so I have a fondness for them in this, and it was a great Triangle Gate team. So I just really enjoyed like the the, the teamwork there. I thought that it didn't ha- really even have any slow moments for a 19 minute match. There wasn't like an extended like work ahead armbar or slow it down a little bit. So it's it's definitely like if I were to make a best of the Triangle Gate comp tape. I, I would have to put that on there. So I liked it a whole lot. It's it's always kind of neat to see the genesis of guys. It was early in Doi Yoshi. So, yeah. What do you think, Case? It's just, it's such a good match. Um, 
if I had to, to make a little playlist of essential Dragon Gate matches that every fan should watch, I mean, this would be on here. Um, again, I love it because of the Shingo performance, but seeing that heel Yoshino, seeing Doi being so good, seeing Kishiwata finally put together, I love this era of BB Hulk. I've been very hard on BB Hulk this year, but as a performer, I think BB Hulk's great when he's on. And having Cyber Kong in there again as someone that wasn't quite the joke that he once was, um, it is quite something special. It's a great match. Um, when I sort of have downtime, when I watch it wrestling, I do the match of the year by year project, um, trying to get a, a top 10 of each year. And this was, I believe, my number five for 2007, which is really saying something. Yeah, and this was also in a time period that Shima just got back, or Shima was around the Dreamgate picture. And this was one of the better moments and better parts of the company was this Triangle Gate scene at this time. And it's kind of sad seeing how Triangle Gate has, is now probably the fourth most important title in the company with how, with how the Brave Gate got its elevation over the last few years and how Twin Gate has completely taken over Triangle Gate's portion in it. So yeah, it, it's definitely outside of the, of the monumental and famous three-way and four-way six-mans. This is one of the best triangle gate matches okay so that is it for the rewatch match and we'll get so the next the next pick is going to be k's and k already picked the really famous toriumon match because i want to be clear the rewatch series not just dragon gate it's also um anything toriumon t2p toriumon x if anyone's feeling really evil um <laughs> hey dragon door El- dragon door el dorado anything dragon system to me Torimon mexico Torimon mexico ud casa whatever um oh i'm so... trying to find a dub iwrg match that picked my that picked my fancy that i'm gonna try to pull out for here so we, we, but, we might get really obscure at least in my choices but case pick is the four-way Torimon japan match the four-way the very first four-way six-man with the Italian Connection, Crazy Max, uh, Do Fixer, and Shit M2K from 2003. So that match is crazy, and we're going to watch it. We'll put it in the archive. You can watch it with us, and that'll be our retro match for next time. Okay. Yeah. So let's quickly get into these listener questions. Yeah, quickly, um, please. I am neglecting my education. <laughs> we have one okay. all the way back November from November 21st I have to get to, which is the Top Hat Warrior at goodnightlove on Twitter, asked us, what do you guys think of DGUSA and DGUK? Uh, are, are they worth going back to watch? And is DGUK still around? Um, DGUSA fucking sucked. <gasps> First of all, I, I hated it. Um, it was good for like a year maybe, but after that, like, just Gabe did not understand how to book a Dragon Gate promotion. He didn't understand what people like about Dragon Gate. He didn't understand how to how to make the most out of his foreigners. Um, his ideas of how to push uh, Americans were completely misguided, especially after after he when he tried to do Ronin, that was a complete failure. Just everything he tried after a certain point was a failure. And by the time he was making the promotion about Loki, who God bless Loki, there is almost nobody who matches the aesthetic and the feel of Dragon Gate less than him. I mean, he just doesn't fit at all. Just, I, I guess Gabe just thought he's a small guy. It'll, it'll work, but no one, fuck that. It didn't work. So yeah, Dragon Gate USA was crap, and I don't even miss it. 
I, I, I was a huge Dragon Gate fan. I stopped going to the fucking shows because it wasn't worth it to me to go there and see like two Dragon Gate wrestlers surrounded by crap. So thank God that's over. Um, I don't know if it's worth. Maybe it's worth going back to watch. Like it's on Flow Slam now, right? Yeah. Uh, there are certain um, shows, and I'll get into that a little more when I when I have my piece on this one. But um, I guess it might be worth watching some of it if you can do it for cheap. But I I would much rather just watch actual Dragon Gate. Uh, I I will take a little bit more of a measured response. Uh, I actually got into it with Gabe once on Twitter about a John Davis versus Johnny Gargano no ropes match. So I I like what John said. It just he didn't have the feel of Dragon Gate downright, and the financials just kind of added up, added up, and at the same time they started having good links with DTU, and they wanted to send their guys there. And what I would say is. It really got to a point that the only DGUSA shows that were worth a damn were the WrestleMania weekend shows. Like, those were the only ones, because those were the ones that they actually brought, like, a full contingent of Dragon Gate wrestlers in there. That all being said, the first year had a lot of, I guess, a dream matches that went on there that after they were used up, like, a lot of the appeal went away. Like, after you, you weren't able to have Brian Danielson on the show anymore, Davey Richards paired up against these guys. They didn't have it as much. And uh, the only, like, real, like, positive, I guess, now two years after it died is that it really kind of was the reason why Akira Tozawa went over to the States. Because they're like, oh, wait, we have a reason to, other than just putting him in the middle of Bakersfield for a year. So even though he got much more famous through Pro Wrestling Gorilla. So really, the, the 2009 and 2010 shows are worth a watch. One of my favorite matches that I've ever seen was a DGUSA show that was in attendance for, and that was Akira Tozawa versus Masaki Mochizuki from 2012. That match, so that match was incredible. If you see a, a dude in a red Texas Rangers baseball hat in the crowd, that's me, and I was the only one who sang, sang along to Mochi's theme, and that really pissed me off. But uh, <laughs> uh, Also, uh, DGUK I don't think exists anymore. I... I've, I never um, it's from... kind of weird because they keep saying like oh we have something in the works stay tuned blah 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 but nothing really just nothing there happened. are big plans nothing also to do Tozawa versus Shingo at the next show and I don't think that's gonna happen okay I want to say something here um, first <coughs> Dragon Gate UK awesome promotion and night and day difference from Dragon Gate USA in terms yes, of... Yeah, it's way, way better. Presentation, how it looked, commentary, everything. Dragon Gate seemed to love it there also. Um, that's an archive that I wish more people would explore. I don't know if that'll be on Flow Slam or not, but it's on WWN Live for individual purchases. And they have the Shingo vs. Susumu series, which if you haven't seen Shingo vs. Susumu 3... It's maybe the best dr match in the Dragon System history. It's that good. Um, Alan Forel can attest to that. Um, mm -hmm. I don't think it's around anymore. I was actually just talking to Alan Forel about that. Um, I, I don't think Dragon Gate UK is going to be a thing anymore. Mm -hmm. As for Dragon Gate USA, first of all, I think it should be appointment viewing to watch the first year of shows from Open the Historic Gate through Enter the Dragon 2010, which had Danielson Shingo. That is one of my favorite time periods for promotion ever. It felt fresh. Those crowds were so hot, and those shows were so good. 
you have open the store gate which is heavily praised by everyone that's shingo doi that is the bucks um versus shima and susumu yamato versus hulk great show and you keep on going for that entire year of these banger shows with unique matches and different stuff and it just felt different they had the the clappers those little thunder sticks in the crowd for the first year very fun stuff after that there's a definitive difference in the tone and the feel of that promotion whereas it seemed like everyone started to care a little less the wrestlers gabe the the crowd is all a little different that being said i think if you if you watch it not for that emotional investment but rather shit it's three in the afternoon i want to watch some good wrestling i think that's where dg usa is the perfect promotion 2011 was a great year because Gabe was given a bone and you had J3 and Blood Warriors, so he could just team Rich Swan with someone and go, hey, it's a Special Junction 3 team. Um, <laughs> that stuff's really good. After that, 2012's where you really start to see a struggle. Open the Golden Gate, 2012's a great show, but even then, you know, there are some issues there. That WrestleMania weekend's great, and then you really start to tail off to not a lot of Dragon Gate guys and not a lot of people in those crowds. Some of those Dragon Gate shows are very, very sad to see because there's not a lot of people there, which has always been an issue for Dragon Gate USA and Evolve. That being said, even up through the last show, which was DG USA uh, opened the Ultimate Gate, or meant that, yeah, it was either Open the Ultimate Gate or Mercury Rising 2014. There's always going to be a very good match on those shows, but just the talent's there. It was always very good matches. Um, but it's clear that the promotion fell off a cliff at one point. Dragon Gate guys stopped being flown over. And it's a bummer because, you know, I never got to see those Dragon Gate guys live and in person. That really bums me out. But on paper, if you're looking for just good professional wrestling to watch, that's the rewatch value for Dragon Gate USA. Just skip DUF matches. I just I just looked at the card for the last, for Dragon Gate USA. There is not a single Dragon Gate guy on it. Yeah. So what had happened was, it, and Gabe is shady sometimes, but I, I fully believe Gabe when the issue was that there was an issue with the visas. They thought they had it corrected. They didn't. And then they missed the deadline by, I think he said, 24 hours to get guys into the country for WrestleMania weekend. So they had Masato Tanaka on the card. The big match that weekend was Ricochet and Johnny Gargano for the Freedom Gate title, which is a banger, banger match. Uh, but that last Dragon Gate USA weekend, zero Dragon Gate guys on the card. Open the Ultimate Gate also had no, not a single Dragon Gate guy on the card. Yeah, that was that was the same weekend. Um, that took place oh, on see. a stage in New Orleans in front of about thirty people. Those shows are really sad to watch. Way, Way of the Ronin, no Dragon Gate guys. Uh, was Yosuke Santa Maria on that show? It doesn't look like it. I'm looking at the card right now. Yeah, uh, okay. and it didn't. Oh yeah, she was actually okay. What yeah, because she wrestled guy? like Ethan Page. It was really yeah. weird. That that was. That was during a time where I think, the, and I shouldn't know this, but I think that weekend was Revolt and then Way of the Ronin. And what had happened was they didn't broadcast Revolt on iPay-Per-View because that building had bad internet connection. So it was Johnny Gargano versus Trent Beretta in a match that I'm pretty sure no one has seen besides the people in that building. No one bought that VOD. And then the next night was live because it was Chris Hero versus AR Fox and Santa Maria was on that show. And I remember really liking Chris Hero versus AR Fox. Freedom Fight had one Dragon Gate guy again, Mochizuki. Was that Mochizuki? Yeah. So now, yeah. basically, I'm basically I'm remembering now why I stopped going to any of these shows because <laughs> there was like one guy. It was um, yeah, it was Mochizuki. The prior night he wrestled Gargano, and I really liked that match. And then the next night it was Mochizuki and I think Ar Fox versus the Young Bucks, and that was a complete carnage match. And that was the night that uh, 
Hero came back to uh, Dragon Gate USA and he wrestled Gargano. 30-minute match, super exciting. That was Hero's first weekend back from NXT. Yeah, so, I have very good memories of Dragon Gate USA in 2013 because that's right when I got into Dragon Gate and I just I remember everything about those shows. But the point is, calling it Dragon Gate USA by that point was ridiculous. So I get why they stopped doing it. They definitely should have stopped doing it. But even when they had a lot of Dragon Gate guys, I didn't think the booking was ever that good other than that first year. So I hope it never comes back unless it's run by people who actually understand Dragon Gate. If I win the lottery. The four of us. Yes. <laughs> if the four of us win the one of the four of us wins the lottery, we can we can bring it back. Yeah. Um, so question. where the big where the big boys play asked the the WW podcast. They asked us how does this young line class compare to others at this point? I think it's way ahead of almost every other class. Um, yeah. Wasn't wasn't it one of you who said that it was like the maybe the best rookie class ever? That was me. And I'll stand yeah, by. Uh, I'll stand by that. Other than the uh, the the uh, term one class with Crazy Max and the guys that led into M2K, I think this is the strongest class either ever. Mainly because even when you're looking at T2P, you had a lot of junk there. Like everyone remembers Milano and Yashi and Yoshino, but there were and Doi, but there was a lot of junk there. Like yeah, your Burletta boxers. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you, you had, uh, incidentally, a lot of the guys were in Igon Isu, but this class, at least sheer potential-wise, if only two out of the five make it, it would be a, uh, it would be a situation that the company will be set up to into the 2020s, like, comfortably set up, and I don't think there's a promotion in the world that can say, oh, we have huge stock, we have two guys who are only 19 or 25 who might become the man in our promotion. So that that's my thought. Yeah, I have nothing so I, else to add. I think that was well said. I think we can all agree that, that this class is great. Mm-hmm. Um, really Satoke really asked, "What do we think of Dub Pro?" Didn't we answer that question on the last show? We didn't really talk about Dub. We talked about it a few episodes ago, talking about like what Dragon Gate alums, quote unquote alums, were doing. I could have sworn oh. someone literally asked us about Dub Pro. But okay, Kay, you can take it. Probably. No, I mean, what do we think about Dub? I mean, I think everyone knows that I love Dove Pro. It's like the sleaziest, weirdest, more, more, most punk rock thing I've ever seen in wrestling, and it's amazing. It's like, it's like really. Sl- I've I've had people tweeting me saying that they they felt like they caught an STD watching a Dove show. And I can I can kind of understand that sentiment, but also it's just it's wacky. It's it. I don't think it's meant to take itself very seriously and. I just, I just, I love Dove, and you guys know that I'm, and I know this is a, a, t- a touchy subject, uh, but I'm big, big fan of Yohei and Kenshin Shikano, the Gingen boys. Um, they have a guy in Dove Pro called Hayata, who is really, really good, um, who is currently holding the um, Freedoms Tag Team Championship with a guy called Yuya Susumu. Um, and Hayata is really, really good, and I encourage people to check out his work, and obviously his work in Dove, because that's that's his home promotion, but just basically Hayata is really good, and Dove is really good, and I, I, I like it a lot. Hayata is a former Osaka Pro guy that was really good really? in the early t- 2010s. Oh, right. Yeah, 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 he, he was... Oh, he's in... But, yeah. I know virtually nothing about Osaka Pro, I will, mm-hmm. I will admit to that. I don't even know a lot of them. That's sort of become my thing as I want to get into Osaka Pro. Real fast, my opinions on Dove. 
I've never watched it, but I like it. It reminds me of AIW out of Cleveland and that it's not for me in the sense that I don't think it transfers well into tape. And when I spend time and money on wrestling, I enjoy it, but I also want to see really good professional wrestling. Whereas if I was in, if I was able to go to Dove Pro shows, if I was able to go to AIW, I'd love it. Um, Mm -hmm. But because I watch it online, I'm not immersed in that field. Not totally my thing, um, but I love hearing discussions on it because I, I enjoy them. I think they're quite humorous. It's it's fueled by hard. It's fueled by like punk music, uh, tunes by the Prodigy, and probably a lot of hard drugs. Oh, and hair probably. dye. A lot. Allegedly, of hair dye. air quotes. <laughs> uh, yeah, and a lot of hair dye. Um, I I I have actually um, acquired three of their DVDs. Um, well, I've bought them. I haven't I haven't got them yet, but I. I have them on on their way, and I'm really excited to watch them. I think Zeus is on one of them. Oh boy! Um, I di- I did actually go out of my way to avoid buying the ones with um, talking about Osaka Pro. I did go out of my way to avoid buying the ones featuring Katoye and Harada, because you come into my house after what you've done. For people who don't know, I'm not a fan of these guys, um, but. Yeah, I'm I'm excited to watch the DVDs that I've gotten, and I th- I think Dove is something that you should watch at least once, even if you just watch one match, just to get a feel of the experience. Well said. Mm-mm. So okay, the last two questions we have: um, What's your finished big match? What's your favorite big match finish <laughs> from Dragon Gate? Um, I I think. Hmm. What, what's the current big match finisher? Maybe when Shingo like busts out like, I guess made in Japan. Is that the, the is final that one? is that? I was gonna say, and I don't even think it's a finisher, but he only does in the big matches where he's on the middle rope and he does that like rolling cradle slam type thing. Yeah, <laughs> mm-hmm. I really mm-hmm. like that. I don't think he's ever pinned anyone with it, but I think that move is sweet. So that's what I'm gonna say. He hasn't in a while, at least. Uh, mine probably is because. Uh, I really love Kness. I really love the and I really love the uh, Sol Noche L. Like I'm and, and I'm probably mispronouncing that again, like I did last. No, I actually think that's I think that's correct. Yeah, I, Sol Sol So I have no idea. Yeah, that's it. That's it. Yeah, I I just <laughs> love the fact that he would cater finishers as, as part of his mind gate gimmick to both uh, Yoshino and towards uh dragon kid so that's probably mine that or the world liner the world liner is always mm-hmm. sweet yeah <laughs> yeah i think <laughs> we can all agree to that um case oh i i like i like the world liner um and i like that that little flippy cradle thing shingo does that i just mentioned mm. yeah the world liner is pretty awesome um it, so okay the last question we have wait what's Sorry. Holy shit. What? Anyway, my favorite big match finisher... Oh, sorry. I, I, I is... No, you said I think, line. historically... I don't really try to think too much about that, because there's like a million answers to that, depending on what period you're talking about. Right now, I'm surprised that... And I, and I know that it's not exactly a... It's on its way to becoming a big match finisher, but I'm still going to mention the shot put slam. Mm. 
Yes. Very true. Other, other than that, um, I'm a huge fan of the Galleria. Yes, the Galleria is awesome. Mm -mm. Okay. Oh, and oh, the muscular bomb as well, even though that's never used anymore. Yep, it's true. Because they're Bring it back. Mm -hmm. All right, so um, the last question. At Hick, at Hick Kid 2014, what's the one different face or heel turn you would have done with the DG roster in the past five years? Now, I'm upset he said the past five years because if he just said all of Dragon Gate, I have the easiest answer of all time, which is I would not have turned Shingo face so Ever. quick. No, well, well, especially so quick after <laughs> the formation of Real Hazard. So I think it kind of ruined everything. But um, that would have been my pick for all time. Uh, so for the last five years, I would not have... I would not. I would have turned Shingo face. Or, or, I mean, I would, I would turn Shingo heel sooner somehow. I'm not even really sure how, but I would have done it sooner. Um, other than I, I would, okay, I would have, I would have made the millennials more clear in the heelish direction than the baby face direction. I think they would have worked better if they were more heelish tweeners. I think once they went in the direction of being more baby face, it kind of ruined them. Um, and I would have turned T-Hawk heel again way faster because the babyface run was dying on the vine all year long. So, <laughs> um, Anyone else have any other ones? Yeah, so I don't know if that counts. Um, I think it probably does. Tell me. I would have kept Ata in Berserk. Oh, instead yeah, that, that, of, that counts. In, instead of Kotoga. Um, I, think, I think maybe... Well, except now for for T-Hawk, who is, like, you know, Eita, um, Kutota, sorry, has done his time in Reserve. T-Hawk is just starting out. Um, but none of the ex-millennials have really had a heel run until that. Um, you know, Maria hasn't had a heel run. Eita hasn't really had a heel run, because that lasted for about five minutes. <laughs> Um, I would have kept Eita in Berserk. I think he had so much potential to really be the cocky prick uh, Bravegate champion of that unit. And looking back, I think he would have done a better job of it than Kotoka. Yeah. So, oh, sorry, go ahead, Michael. Uh, although, I'm going to give a caveat with this one. Although Mad Blanky had to end when it ended... Mm -mm. I like Knest as a heel, especially since seeing that he had more of a role. I liked like that him in 2015. Out of all the uh, the zombie veterans, he was the one who got the most out of it. So mm -mm. Mm -mm. I think that, that was yeah. yeah that, that's what I was gonna say. I thought that if he, him transitioning into Berserk would have been really sweet. And even though there's all the M2K links in the Jimmies. It's it's just one of those things that whenever I get to see more Kness, I'm happy. And he was such a good heel and he was and he was absolutely jacked because he was doing bodybuilding competitions. <laughs> but <laughs> I, I I would have liked that. I, I would have kept him heel. Mm -mm. The, the only other one that comes to mind is is just it would have been fun to see Super Shisa in that Dragon Kid role in the beginning of Blood Warriors where they tried DK as a heel. I think it would have been interesting to see uh, Shisa in that role. Yeah, that's a good one, actually. I didn't want to thought of that. The, dra the Dragon Kid heel there was so weird. I it's mean, so Claude... awkward watching it back. It's just like, he is not supposed to be wearing blue when he's not supposed to be a heel. Mm. I mean, he the early Blood Warriors were barely heels anyway, but like they were still clearly on like the heelish tweener side. It was just so weird seeing him be like 
a mean man, basically. He's like a little mean man. <laughs> um, and he didn't have okay. a good call. He, it wasn't like, Naruki, doi! Like, like, there was no good DK call for that early era of Blood Warriors. Yeah. All right, so we should probably wrap this show up. I, as usual, I can't believe how long we went, but... <laughs> Can you um, even be surprised at this point? I guess I guess I should really stop being surprised. It's true. Well, I mean, it looked like we were gonna. The, I didn't realize how many questions we had because I, I I knew we had like one, and then I that apparently a whole bunch more came at the last second. But um, mm. if you tell people last call, apparently they suddenly they suddenly are like, oh shit, I want to ask this question about Dove Pro. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so okay, I really have to get going. So wrap yes. it up. We <laughs> okay, Case. Okay, bye, Case. I was literally <laughs> about to say goodbye. So we'll be back sometime after Final Gate. So I, we'll have to work that out because it's a weird time. But um, mm-hmm. maybe we could. I don't know. We'll we'll figure it out. Um, all fair actually. It makes more sense to figure it out. So <laughs> sometime after Final Gate. Um, goodbye, everybody. Don't forget to send in your ballots. Yes, thank you, Kay. Ballots, open thevoicegate at gmail.com. Send them. Okay. Bye. Bye. Here it comes again. Lunch. Will it be the same old, same old? Or are you ready to take a vacation from the ordinary with the new Jamaican Jerk Turkey Sub at Firehouse Subs? Freshly sliced smoked turkey breast, craveably sweet mustard sauce, and a hint of Caribbean seasoning. Just $5.55 for a medium. Save time. Order the new Jamaican Jerk Turkey Sub on the Firehouse Subs app. Firehouse Subs. Enjoy more subs. Save more lives. Participating locations, limited time only, plus tax. Prices may vary for delivery. This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, click Granger.com, or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.